This episode of Star Trek The Next Conversation is brought to you by the good peoples of the Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum and Auditorium in Hollywood, California. It's at Hollywood and Highland, the crossroads of entertainment. Guys, there's so much to do and see there. You can get in after 5.30 p.m. or 5 p.m. It's two for $20. All you have to do is tell them you are a big fan of Star Trek The Next Conversation, your favoriteest podcast in the galaxy, and you will be allowed two for $20 after 5 p.m. Thanks to Matt and Andy and the good folks at Ripley's. What a bargain. And I would say get there now because it's summertime, which means the T-Rex bursting out of the roof of the Ripley's, believe it or not, auditorium is ready for summer sunglasses a surfboard he is ready are you here is the show Podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Hey everyone, welcome to Matt and... Nope, this is Star Trek The Next Conversation. That was a real, real insight into my brain. Matt might be uh, at the end of a podcast marathon today. Uh, You know, it's been a weekend of pods, Andy. I mean, it feels like we did two yesterday, but we really just recorded one long disco episode for our patrons. If you haven't Um, bought your tickets to the Patreon, head on over. Oh, wait, is that uh, I don't know where we're now. Now I'm I thought you were tired. promoting us. You said it's been a. Oh, never mind. Oh, did I miss a pun? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. I was going to say Work a festival. Play. You had a you had a phraseology of what you said. Okay. <laughs> that the weekend was for you. Yeah, let's go back to the tape. Okay, and then we'll figure out if Andy's pun was worth it. It, it wasn't a pun. It was ah, a what statement was it? That you were you had a festival, and they they oh, should have bought tickets for the tickets. podcasting this weekend. Sadly, the festival uh, only took place here in this room. Yeah, uh, and uh, I think on the bright side, everyone, uh, hi. We're here. Are you glad we're back? We're back. <laughs> Everything's going exactly we like you really, imagined. We really wanted to make sure we didn't lose what this show was. Which is a mess, thanks to both of us. Uh, but, you know, sometimes me, sometimes Andy. We but both Tonight contribute. it feels like it's gonna be me. It's gonna be me. We don't have a in-sync music drop, do we? Not at the ready. Well, I mean, someone made it just now. Yeah. Someone paused their podcast, fired up their computer, and made an It's Gonna Be Me sound drop for this moment that just happened right now. That will maybe we never need that sound drop again. It may already but I'd like be, to be prepared for it. It may already be an STTNC pod at gmail.com. Who knows? Yeah. That's where you'd email us. You'll hear all about that at the end of the show. But uh, Unification Part One, Andy Secunda. 
That's right, buddy. Andy Secunda Part One. Andy Secunda Part One. It's uh, it's ranked amongst the best episodes. Do you delineate your life as uh, Andy Secunda Part One and Andy Secunda Part Two? Like Part Two being the move to L.A. Oh man, that would be sad. <laughs> I think I'm still waiting for Part Two. <laughs> Well, maybe that's sad. I feel like embrace it. Maybe make your part two tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow's part two for you. They say there's no second acts in American life. I feel like I'm still waiting for my first act. (laughs) In the meantime, Matt. Oh man, I would have getting started, but I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that it was a problem on my end. It's not. Oh, I see. This was turned down. Here we go. Classic us. All right, Matt. You have them watch this episode? Yeah, there's Fox in it. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, briefly, but he's there. Great Mark Leonard performance in this one. Yeah. Uh, but uh, we'll get into that in a bit. Andy, in the I believe it's time. That's right. To do a thing that I need to do something. Aha! Jeez oh. <laughs> <laughs> Louise! <laughs> Jeez Louise, he said. <laughs> the like doors a, won't open when I step in front of them. Like a child on a sitcom, I say, jeez Louise. Here we go. Let me open this up. Let me remember. You guys this. were so excited when you saw a new podcast, uh, and then it turned instantly into this. Well, this is the kind of thing I think our most ardent fans uh, need and want, which is a <laughs> reminder of why it's okay that we're not all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, nope, that's not the sound we need. I almost beamed us into it. I feel like a lot of people gain comfort from our failures. I think when like just like you know what, I'm not doing that bad. I feel like that's what they're thinking. Yeah, I mean, any of you who've been done something more than a hundred times, you probably know what you're doing by now. Matt doesn't. I definitely. I'm. No, I'm. I would say I'm seven percent better than the first episode. Um. Yeah, but your awareness is like eighty uh, percent more. Oh, the awareness of how much I'm messing yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Oh yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. I've definitely, <laughs> I've definitely gained in realizing how much I'm messing up every single uh, thing. Well, Andy, I think the door sensor is finally fixed. Let me just uh, step in front of it and see if we can get in there. Go to iTunes, leave a five-star review, and join the Admirals Club. Matt. Yes. How do they get into the Admiral's Club? Well, you wait for me, and okay. I'll step on the sensor. Well, there you and go. And the door will open. <laughs> or yeah. just go to Apple Podcasts and leave a podcast review of five stars, and you will be welcomed. Our first one is from Tiberius Jerome, who says... Uh, wouldn't it be a better name if he was Tiberius Jerk? Tiberius Jerk. Rhymes with Tiberius Kirk. Oh, James yeah. James Tiberius Kirk. That would be a good one. Um, but it's not. And uh, I apologize for this digression. <laughs> well, I'm almost certain we will see that name in the Patreon at some point. Um, Matt and Andy make great. Uh, sorry, Matt and Andy. Make, <laughs> they don't make great anything. Oh, That's the truth. Matt and well. Andy make TNG great again. Uh, been on board since about halfway through season one, but just switched over to an Apple platform to drop a review. I've introduced several non-Trek fans to the podcast. Our apologies to all of them. <laughs> and they've now watched the series because of it. Oh, they he introduced them to the podcast, and then they watched the series. That's interesting. I mean, I think that's really the problem. 
with uh, this podcast is like sometimes people are like I gotta watch Star Trek along with these guys and then we are so busy that we're not recording for a while and people are like come on yeah and I think they go on and, and watch it on their own as well you should a unique view into production details writing perspectives and a deep appreciation for the silly that comes from being in space pajamas talking about philosophy can't wait for STTNC DS9 I like it oh that'd be cool if we made that the full brunt of the name i like a lot of yeah uh i feel like minimally in this podcast uh we have to get through ds9 yeah and then voyager and then enterprise you're being this is then hang on hang on and then the animated series and then the new animated series and then the original series and then we follow it up with discovery season one and two then the picard show um, oh, you wanted to put Picard that, back that far? I guess we're going in chronological order. <laughs> Here's the deal. <clears throat> oh, he's going to tell us the deal, guys. Uh, there's, uh, there's no planet where we run out of episodes of Star Trek to do. <laughs> oh, definitely not. I think we, uh, we just turn on each other and strangle each other behind these microphones at some point. That will happen first. <laughs> um, do you... Since you brought up the animated show, we've been talking about Picard. Yeah. Do you want to do the animated show when it comes out also? Uh, well, I don't know, Andy. I have to think about that. When does it premiere? Seems like we'll be watching 2021. it. 2021? Yeah. I mean, look, I've, I know uh, some of my, my, one of my best friends is a co-EP on that. There you go. And uh, as a result, I could not critically discuss it. Get us a script, Matt. Okay. Um, our second uh, admiral admission is Moosey16, who says, uh, I bet it's a Canadian. Moosey. Unless I'm pronouncing that wrong. Could be. Just like a, like a like an Oregander. That's true. <laughs> they have Moose there, too. Could be someone from Portland, Maine. Empath wannabe here. Um, I've always enjoyed Matt's deep TNG knowledge whenever it would pop up on Nerdist. So this is this fully dedicated TNG podcast is a dream. Now I'm enjoying the voice crush I've developed for Andy. Take the show on the road, boys. Okay. All right. There you go. We're you convinced him. I've been trying to convince him for years. All it took was one other person to say, please. <laughs> That's generally the way it works. Um, that's it for the admirals. Oh, well, Andy, I guess it's time to welcome, uh, wait, do I say welcome? I don't understand my life anymore. I'm going to open up this door to the president's circle and we'll do whatever it is we do in here. Sounds good. It's a blizzard in here, Andy. Oh, fascinating. Wow. Wow. So chilly. There's some down coats over here if you you want to put them on. Are you cold? I'm cold. Um, What would you rather wear? One of these, like, uh, fur get-ups or the away team jacket from Star Trek II, the Rathacon? Well, I know which one. Oh, the fur jacket or the the, definitely away team. Yeah. Well, the fur thing I'm thinking of is the Star Trek VI when they're on Roropente and they have to, like, get warm. So they have these, like, pelts. Did you feel like that sequence was a little dumb? Um, I mean, I like I like McCoy having the conversation uh, the, with maybe them. the Amon thing was yeah, a little the Amon thing. dumb, like, but I like McCoy like finally calling it out. Like, what is it with you? Yeah, um, I agree. 
Do you, so I, I think we just both agree that it's not dumb. Yeah, I've gone back <laughs> on what I say. Uh, I uh, am uh, throwing it out to you if not, you want to describe not all animals. No, oh yeah, what's the line? He's doing not, an Amon impression. This is amazing. Not all species keep their genitals in the same place, Captain. Remember mm-hmm. when he uh, kicks that guy in the knee? No, I don't remember. Him like, uh, like, like he got kicked in the balls. I do. We all do. All the other listeners who sure, all the Star other people remember. Do. Um, do you want to tell them what, what about the president? Oh my god! Or? Well, I forgot we were doing it here, but no. yes, everyone. Do you want to be singled out for some honorable uh, feat you've performed or uh, some great duty to the podcast you've done selflessly? Well, you can't. But you can get mentioned by sending a message over on the Patreon page and potentially winning the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. That's for, right. For, for an act of not valor. And here are the awardees this month. Uh, just send just send it over to the uh, subspace message posting on uh, our Patreon in the President Circle. Our first is from Should Lieutenant... Should we be completely honest with everybody? Here's the deal, guys. You, the reason you're getting this episode is because of the Patreon. That's true. It literally is like, we have to say thank you to all those folks and put out an episode this month. Otherwise, we would be bad people. So we're still good people. And as a side benefit, you all get a new episode. So I would say thank your fellow fans who are in the president's circle. I think that's a really valid point, Matt. Thanks, Pat. And our first is uh, Lieutenant Adam Rogers. Oh, it's chilly in here. Who says, uh, the more I see them in episodes, the more I want to expand Andy's theory about Troy to include all Betazoids having no powers, but but just being amazingly good cold readers. Luxana is constantly clueless about what is going on around her in the drum head. Very true. The judge had a Betazoid assistant who somehow couldn't tell that Simon Tarsus was telling the truth. That's so true. The Vulcan. (laughs) Uh, Mud robbed a Betazoid bank for crying out loud. Um, that's interesting. It's part of canon now. Yeah, it's true. Um, I think the only one with real telepathy was the guy who ended up with Tin Man. I was just thinking that. And all the other Betazoids thought he was crazy. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> this is a Medal of Valor really? right here. Well done, Adam Rogers. Um, Lieutenant Anthony Rideout. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, and he's corrected us before. I apologize if I am. Says, uh, Matt and Andy, thank you both for so much for bringing your listeners the priceless gift of laughter i've been rewatching enterprise and Sorry. i'm even more impressed with sub commander to paul how would you rank each of the series first officers oh, that's that's tough it's very tough they're all very good right i mean i'd leave chakotay out of it just because quite frankly he just doesn't he's not gonna he's gonna he's gonna come in last he's more good for emotional support than the others well, I'll tell you who's not good for emotional support. Either of the Vulcans. <laughs> no. Riker, I mean, so suave, so cool. Yeah. So handy. Saru, even, I would say, is up there. I feel like you can't beat Spock. You can't beat Spock. Statement by Secunda. Riker can't, doesn't beat Spock not as a, a number match, one. Because Vulcans are stronger. Well, than so that's my point. That's all I was saying. Since we're a death match, of course, Spock's going to win. I'm putting my money on Spock. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, just. Oh, it's he's hard, asking us to rank all the say. Them, yeah, that's, no, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, this is a great question. Let's see, Spock, Riker. Here's how I'd go Spark, Rik- Spock, Riker, he's- Kieran Arise, uh Let's see, Spock, Riker, Kira. Mm. 
Saru. I love that this storm is raging as you're doing this. Well, I've taken my glove off and it's freezing because I have to count oh. with my hands. I'm surprised you put Saru that low. You're always you're always raving about Saru over on the uh, yeah, Discovery. Yeah, but here's my thing. Uh, We've only seen 13 appearances of him, so I can't. That's why I have to lo- lower him. But aren't you bit. impressed with him thus Six far? Eight. You love him. I'm very impressed. I think you should be the you, captain. You want to marry him. I would marry Doug Jones and Saru yeah. in, a, in a joint ceremony presided over by uh, some sort of Mormon church that allowed me to marry more than one person. I would go Spock, um, Riker, Saru, yeah. Chakotay. Whoa. And I, I don't and know. And Major Kira? I don't know Kira, so cool. I can't judge All right. it. Look, do what you gotta do, pal. Yeah. I would, ha- would those be are our guessing. Def- those are the definitive rankings. No one else is gonna rank them better than us. Thank you. Uh, that's it for the uh, president circle, oh, my thank friend. God. I need to warm up. Let's get out of here. Okay. <laughs> We gotta walk through the Admirals Club, Andy. Yeah. That's just how it goes. I'm sure. Sorry. I get it. Luckily, we got rid of all those doors and we can just go through this one. Okay. And that was the Admirals Club. I haven't heard that one in a while. Turned out, it turned out to, there were like 13 quarters on deck eight that didn't have doors. So. Oh, and they had to I re- was like, oh, guys. <laughs> they had to return them? I know where the extras are. <laughs> they're in the Admiral's Club. That must have been some kind of clerical error. Oh. They were just, we'll just keep them in the Admiral's Club. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, well, there's, there's, a, there's a canon explanation of the tourists in the Admiral's Club. Yeah, I don't know if you knew that. It must have been some sort wow. of, I think, the last time we went out for a refit. Was, this is a big episode. Yeah, wacky, wacky, <laughs> wacky shenanigans happening. All right, buddy, let's open up the hail bag. Captain, we are being hailed. I think I'm getting my I'm getting my rhythm now. All right, <laughs> watch me ruin it now. Um, okay, these are about disaster. There were a couple of episodes back, but Jeez I'm just Louise. wading through a bunch of stuff. It's Look, we're all no, no. I'm saying Jesus is like it's been a while. Episode 105 disaster. It's real world. <laughs> real world USN experience. Um, this is from Seth Bryant. Uh, hey, Matt and Andy. So Troy's- Seth is telling me he's had a real world experience that was very much like disaster. Um, well, re- he's saying it's real world U.S. Navy experience, naval experience applied to disaster. Gotcha. But yes, that's actually true. Um, okay. uh, Ranking officer. I hope okay. this is what this is about. Let's hear it. Troy's performance in Disaster uh, never sat well with me based on my experience as a former U.S. Navy lieutenant uh, and chaplain. As a chaplain, we were we are never in command situations, even if we are the senior ranking officer. This is mm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a personal experience. After a deployment to Afghanistan, thank you for your service, uh, with a USMC battalion, we were running with a skeleton crew because many were on post-deployment leave. Mm-hmm. I showed up to our morning stand-up meeting, and the Marine NCOs were scratching their heads because I was the senior ranking officer on deck that day. Oh, wow. Many thought I should give the plan of the day. Others didn't think so. To those trying to respect my rank, I said to them, belay that, gunnery sergeant so-and-so is in charge here. I may be the highest rank, but I am outside the, the uh, outside of the command structure. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this guy's name really was so-and-so. Do you think his name was so-and-so? That'd be amazing if it was. Could I have handled the battalion on a super simple day when most people were gone? Abso-frickin-lutely. I was a trained naval officer, and that rank on my collar wasn't decorative. But me taking command ran counter to my role, where people needed to confide in me as their chaplain. If you're barking orders, it breaks down the pastoral role. This is so applicable. It's amazing. Troy ought to defer to a line officer or chief despite her command training. I still love that story. And I love your podcast, Seth, a.k.a. Chaps. Um, 
Chaps for that's Chaplin. A, that's what right. a what a great nickname. Can I call uh, you Chaps from now on? No, you're my. I'm not a Chaplin. Chaps of crabbiness. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So, I mean, that is that is as applicable as anything I've ever heard from anybody writing in. It really is. So I it couldn't be more applicable. Look, sound like Chan- I, I hate Chandler to do this, but oh. I'm going to have to award him a secondary Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Oh, my goodness. I know. This has also never it's been unprecedented. Done. This is an episode of firsts. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, that is just the, one of the best emails we've ever seen. Seriously, though, if you could send your $17.01. No, he's getting it for no dollars. <laughs> no, it breaks, the, it breaks the rule. He can't have it. No, no, he's getting it for no dollars. I mean, All look, right. he'll get a certificate in the mail. <laughs> Um. All right, Lieutenant Neil. St- oh, not is he? Is he a lieutenant? I don't remember. Um. Whatever the case, Neil Studd writes us. Uh. Uh. The many many adventures of Mar- young Marissa Flores. Now I think I've referred to this, but I don't believe I've read this email. This is the um. This is the uh, girl who was uh part of the uh science team, the oldest of the three, right? Who had won the science experiment, who got uh, thing. And got to hang out with Picard for the day, correct? Is that what you're talking about? Correct. Thank and you, you and I, 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 we were like, I was really talking big, and I said, she has got to have shown up in some other um, non-canon appearance. Like and a, you like said... Memory alpha, uh, memory yeah, beta, like, exactly. a, like, a, like a book. And you said, there's no way, and I looked it up on memory beta, and she wasn't there, and I believe I gave you $10. Oh, this is how I, I owe you $10, right? For this um, exact thing? I believe so. So here's what Neil Stead uh, informs us. In the disaster episode, Andy Muse, there must be some non-canonical uh, appearances in Marissa Flores, one of the young kids who gets stuck with Picard in the turbo lift. Although you found mem- memory beta to be unfruitful, you will not be disappointed if you look into the world of fan fiction. No, and, that doesn't count. No, it doesn't? No. It's not licensed. No one's be, no one's pay. CBS is not paying them to produce this. No, it's well, fan fiction. I guess you can keep I mean, and I can pull up fan fiction of the Goldbergs where there's been a, an orgy between the family. Oh, no, really? Yes. <laughs> I do not want to read that. No, you never want to read that. In 1993, one notorious fanfic author, author oh, no. wrote a series of stories with Marissa at its heart. I think that's a, he really capitalized that no, guy. No, but it was. like 93, she's still like 12. What a creepo. Marissa, no, it's not, it's not that kind of fan fiction. Oh. It's just, All fan fiction to me is Bone Zone. No. <laughs> but, Marissa gets adopted by Captain Picard after her parents are killed oh, on an away adorkable. mission. Here's another one. I'd she ascends to the rank of captain by age 12 and was head of Starfleet at 21. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God. As Captain Marissa stops a hail uh, of Kardashian torpedoes. Kardashian torpedoes. I apologize. I'll, I'll get it straight when we finally get into it. I don't even know how you read it differently. Not it's a C C A R D Cardassians. Yeah, torpedoes by grabbing them with a tractor beam and flinging them back at the attacking vessel. Can you do that? I mean, the Seems time like would somebody would have done that. But if her science project had anything to do with tractor beams, then thumbs up. Marissa marries Jay Gordon, one of the other turbo lift kids. Oh, cute. Yeah, I feel like they didn't have any chemistry. Wesley travels back in time and marries Chelsea Clinton. Interesting. This is again fan fiction. I'm not you. You. I think you should pay me another ten dollars for not having read that far. The Pope shows up in his own starship to help fight Romulans. Is the, the lesson. Let me ask if the Pope's starship is a, is a, is made of transparent aluminum. Could be because you know the Pope mobile. He's 
transparent aluminum. He's in, you know, he's in the oh, yeah, yeah. glass. All right. Yeah, you going to use that. Come on. Nice. Uh, curious listeners can check the Marissa Picard uh, page on TV Marissa Tropes. Marissa Picard? Yeah. It's on TV Tropes for further amusement. So in TV it. Tropes. So, all right. Look, whatever. Here's what I'd like, by the way. I'd like the... Uh, it'd be great if the... Um, cyberneticist that is in the Picard show yes is her <laughs> oh yeah that would be great should be the only explanation for that Captain Picard day banner still being around she kept it yeah <laughs> um, okay uh, and the last one is from Eric Ledbetter who writes us uh, that oh this was my other question it's like I know he's in a Seinfeld episode and I know I've seen him but I don't remember what he was from this is the Jay Gordon kid it's almost and, sounded uh, like that almost sounded like the sound drop. Which one? I know. I remember him. I don't know where he's from. Like, oh, almost true. sounded like, I know, <laughs> I know him from something big. Big. It's a big in my mind. <laughs> you find that hilarious. Yeah, it's so funny. Where the kid uh, was playing. Wait. That Jane Gordon kid was on the ep of Seinfeld where the kid he was playing's mom yeah. told him that he shouldn't cuss and that Jerry doesn't cuss. And later in the episode, the kid was tearing up one of Jerry's stand-up tapes. <laughs> I remember this now. And Jerry yelled, what the fuck are you doing, you little piece of shit? Uh, also, could you please turn down the music during this week in Trek? Uh, I really don't want to get Mariah Carey stuck in my head for the week. Um, sure, I can do that. Um, that's it for... By the way, yeah. that was the nicest way anyone's ever asked. So. It surely was. That was cool. the hell bag. Our... Loud Our emailers are coming in with just great stuff this week. Um, what is the number one song? We're going to find out shortly. It's going to be a good one. It's cr- do you want me to just tell you now? No, no, no. We'll, we'll do this in the correct order. All right. What happens now, Andy? You, I don't know if I say the date. I feel well, like you I do say every the time. Date. So we're going to talk about unification number one, which is actually just called unification capital I. Production number two hundred eight aired the week of November fourth, nineteen ninety one. Andy, what was going on? Well, Matt, U.S. radios were tuned to Cream by Prince. Sure. Well, in the U.K., uh, Dizzy by Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff was often heard. That's was a real band? That's crazy. Vic Reeves and the Wonder Stuff. By the way, it's technically Prince and the New Power Generation, if you remember correctly. It was a shift, right? It was originally in the Revolution. Uh, oh, The Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss was a bestseller. His last work was uh, published... Uh, his last work to be published before his death six weeks earlier. And the surprise hit of the fall, Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs, was number one at the box office, publishing Magnate. Magnate? Magnate. Magnate. Robert Maxwell was discovered dead near the Canary Islands. His financial misconduct would be discovered posthumously. Post- oh. Posthumously. 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 And Tomorrow Never Dies, scriptwriters would use Maxwell as the basis for a Bond villain, Elliot Carver. Oh, yeah. Very applicable. My favorite of the Brosnans, Tomorrow Never Dies. Elliot Carver, played by Jonathan Price. The Soviet intelligence department KGB officially ceased its operations worldwide. They must have reopened for Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Magic Johnson, the U.S. We'll just tell them we are closing. (laughs) (laughs) They will not notice that. Turn off the lights, Ivan. Magic Johnson and the Los Angeles Lakers officially announced that he had been diagnosed as HIV positive. Um, 
Australian audiences were finally introduced to the Enterprise D and their crew as TNG began airing Down Under. Wow, it took a while. That's thanks to Rick Collins for the note. Uh, and Time Magazine's cover featured an image of a woman with her eyes closed and some wires attached to her forehead with the caption, The New Age of Alternative Medicine, Why Biofeedback and Other Offbeat Treatments Are Catching On. That's it for that part of our show. There's a lefty bass player in this music video, Andy, but what I'm really interested in is there's a there's a look what looks like a Pelham Blue matching headstock Epiphone Sheridan, which uh, looks like a great guitar. But the uh, there's a guitar player playing it. Not Prince. Prince is playing one of his Prince guitars. Long story short, thanks so much, Andy. Uh, but I believe we have to know what someone else was up for that segment. Everybody hates year November 1990. Fun. We sure do, Daddy O. <laughs> Fly me to the moon. Yes, indeed. It was Let November 4th, 1991, and Frank was rested up and ready for the final leg of the Diamond, Diamond Jubilee. <laughs> That's right. On November 8th, he would perform in Detroit. In the at the uh, Joe Lewis Arena. I wonder if he did any Motown hits because he was there. You know, oh, maybe perhaps. He's like, I'm in the Motor City. I figured, why not? Jumped into a Temptations number. Does seem like a possibly literal hat tip. He would. Tommy, hit it. Do you think those? There were probably good shows right up to the end, huh? Oh, sure. It's Frank Frank. Sinatra. Come on. on. (laughs) (laughs) We only amuse ourselves. (laughs) And we now welcome everyone who looks at the time code. (laughs) 27 minutes. Somebody was bitching about you. Guys, I forgot it last week. I've got to fast forward. You just got to. Oh. I forgot it last week. Oh, that's why. I completely forgot it. Well, last week. I said last month I forgot it. I'm sorry. But also not. It's almost around the same exact amount of time every episode guys here's a little secret if you go between about usually 30 between 30 and 38 minutes it'll be in that in that eight minutes this is probably not accurate it is like you and i are all over the no i type it constantly i know exactly how long we go well i type it most of the time obviously not all the time long story short this episode was directed by Les Landau teleplay by Jerry Taylor story by Rick Berman and Michael Piller here's the episode guys Picard is shocked to learn that a legendary Vulcan scientist and ambassador Spock appears to have defected to the Romulan Empire while traveling to Vulcan where Spock's equally legendary father Sarek equally legendary I don't know <laughs> I mean, of course, this is Dr. Trek himself, Larry Nemechek. This is his musings. But I feel like he's editorializing inside of the description of the episode. I think you're forgetting all of his uh, his exploits in Discovery. <laughs> sure, S- sure, 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 sure. <laughs> uh, he lies near death, the Sarek, of course. The captain learns that Spock may be working toward rejoining the Vulcan and Romulan peoples, but they split eons ago when their civilizations... Uh, uh, they will split eons ago when the Vulcans adopted the logic as the cornerstone of their civilization. Sarek's human wife, Perrin, reveals her bitterness at Spock's continued enta- estrangement from his father, especially in her husband's last days. Uh, oh, God. This mouse is going everywhere. Andy, I'm sorry. Romulans and Vulcans. Same species. Same species. And just separated, and that's why they look different? 
yeah, they uh, sort of, you know, they say eons. Mm-hmm. I don't know how long an eon is, really. Right, right. Um, but they went, uh, they went the other way. So they're the aggressive Vulcans. Apparently. Yeah. They also have motion. Motion and emotion. I yeah. second that emotion. I quit. But they're still smarty pants. Guys, can we start the podcast over? <laughs> <laughs> All right. After securing a cloaked Klingon ship and disguising themselves as Romulans, Picard and Data venture onto Romulus in the hopes of meeting Spock's contact, Pardek, an aging peace advocate, now back in favor. Neral also has a, also an apparent reformer has been elected proconsul. Meanwhile, Riker and the crew track a Vulcan defec- deflector stolen by the Ferengi. The search leads them to a ship junkyard whose manager is surprised when several Vulcan vessels turn up missing, encountering an identified an unidentified ship at one of the vanished ship berths. The Enterprise fires a warning shot. Matt's, Matt looks like his head's about to explode. I mean, it's just like, <laughs> man, what are we doing here? On Romulus, Picard and Data are discovered and taken hostage, but their captors turn out to be members of Pardex Romulan Underground, who help them, finally, to meet Spock. We'll say for a two-parter, there's a lot of plot in, in the uh, part one. Yeah, a lot. I would say more plot than many of their first and second season episodes. Definitely. <laughs> like like 65 to 70%. Agreed data yeah. that Starfleet's orders. Guys, this is, you know, when you're on Netflix and it just starts playing on its own, like a real piece of work. So they got a little Gene Roddenberry honorarium at the top. Of part two. Oh, part two. Now. So did he die in between seasons? Yes. Did he pass? No. He died in like October, if I remember correctly, like October 26th, 91. That would have been in the middle of... That would have been right before this episode aired. I see. The the part two. Oh, I'm sorry. It's on both episodes, both parts. Okay. But I had been accidentally... This is long story short. Netflix had started playing <laughs> part two, and I said, no, no, Andy, that's part two. It's not... And then we go back and we find, of course, yes, it's on part one. So I could have just said nothing and everything would have been fine. But instead, I opened a curtain that no one needed to look behind. In a meanwhile, podcast, this would be cut out. Meanwhile, <laughs> in Picard's ready room, an admiral does not call him by his first name. What was the look up? Gene Roddenberry's death date. I want to know if I know it off the top of my head. Captain Vaughn, Stardate 4523. I, I, I said October 26th. Our terraforming mission. 91. Let's hear it. Let's see. 424. Oh, this is. Oh, man, gave me the. October 24th, 1991. Ah, that was my second guess. UCLA, UCLA Medical. Good hospital over yeah, there. Good hospital. Apparently not good enough. Yeah, they didn't. Didn't able to keep Jane Roddenberry to, to, to alive. Defy, <laughs> defy mortality. Well, you know. good work, UCLA. Prize <laughs> we called to Starbase Two Thirty Four. Fleet Admiral Brackett would not discuss the matter on subspace for reasons she said would soon be clear. Now, how does it? I apologize, Fleet Admiral. Captain. How is it distinct from, say, a Rear Admiral or a Vice Admiral, or is it? Uh, are they? Is she in charge of just the ships? I believe she's in charge of a fleet of ships. Uh-huh. She's a fleet admiral. She is a fleet admiral. Yeah. But there are like, several fleets. Be like, I thought the fleet was the whole thing. You can tell by the pips on the collars, uh-huh. Andy. She's got three pips on either side, and then, like, the ba- big 
the 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 big the blocky the thing. Super alien, the super aliens, the super admirals have like four pips on either side. Yeah, it's like I'm a double captain. I'm curious. Um, you know, you could look up the ranks on on a memory alpha in your own time. All right. <laughs> I would like you to write a 500 page report. 500 no 500 words. Yeah. On the admiral ranks on Star Trek. I think. And I, I don't know that it's actually ever clear. Uh huh. For sure. Right. But. You know, like Admiral Cartwright in Star Trek Four and Star Trek Six. I feel like he is also a fleet admiral, mm-hmm. but he's on Earth. But then, like, what was Admiral Kirk? Was what just Admiral guy? The mystery. Yeah, they don't really but specify. But we must attempt to contain the information I'm about to reveal to you at least as long as possible. I must admit, you've piqued my curiosity, Admiral. Three weeks ago, one of... This woman seems like she won a contest. Fleet Admiral is the highest attainable flag officer rank in many militaries, most notably Earth, no, Starfleet. No, no. But, like... One Fleet Admiral at a time. What does that mean? There's, so she's the only Fleet Admiral currently serving, and... Yeah, I guess she's the But why doesn't one. she have four pips on either side? I'll tell you something else. She's a five-star Admiral, but she only has three pips. What is happening? Maybe the block means five stars. John Cooley... Where are you? Yeah. Answer this question in some sort of lengthy text message I'll get in the middle of the week. However, that is on memory beta. So, I don't know if that makes a difference. Oh, wait. Well, I, I don't think it does make a difference, if, if you're asking me. Sometimes I wish Andy was in charge of playing the clips of Star Trek and, and I was in charge of looking things up. It would be a very different show. Might be better. <laughs> I'm happy to Should give it a shot if you season? want. Sure. Well, fire up your Netflix. Give it a go. No, I don't want to do it. Oh, interesting. You know. Our most celebrated ambassador. I think at the beginning I would have been thrilled, but uh, now it's uh, the whole, the vibe is different. (laughs) An advisor to Federation leaders for generations disappeared. He left no word of his destination. Two days ago, intelligence reports placed him on... So anyway, back to what I was saying. She seems like she won a contest to be in the show. She, she, she's acting and looking like someone who recently filmed a Star Trek fan film <laughs> in somebody's living room. She does. You're right. <laughs> she kind of looks and like. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. She kind of looks like the lady in um, the dock. Uh, was it Trekkies that that oh, went com- on jury Commander? duty? Yeah, Commander. Do we have any more of the three hole white? <laughs> Doesn't she look yes. like her? And I assure you, it was an un. Yeah, but her the, the Trekkie's uh, woman, her hair was uh, more coiffed. I can tell you, she's doing a lot of looking away from Picard while talking to him. She's acting. doing a lot of like, what is she looking at? Like behind her is a wall. Yeah. There is not like it's not like she's staring at like you know like I, I would like I guess I would say this is Matt Myers school of specific Picard acting. I don't have a jingle, but someday I will. Uh, I'd be like, if you want to do this, why don't you walk towards the fish tank and, and, and look at the fish? Yeah. If you don't want to make eye contact with Patrick Stewart. <laughs> or maybe Patrick Stewart was like, this woman won a contest. Please make sure she doesn't <laughs> make eye contact with me. Yeah. Why am I so mean to this admiral? I don't know. I gotta go. Authorized visit. Computer? That was, that was Matt Myers. Specific acting. That sounded better than the other day. Computer system Alpha 2-9. Linkage complete. A defection. If it is, 
the damage to Federation security would be immeasurable. Taken on Romulus by long-range scanner. Computer, enhance image in Section 4 Delta. That you have to do it then? You haven't done it up till then? That's what I, I thought the same thing. I was like, wouldn't she have done Wait a minute, that? that's Spock! We should have done that a long time ago! Wouldn't they have done this at, like... Wouldn't you have been like, bring up files relating to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then that would have been one of them. Whatever. I Enhance! Just, I could have just told you it's Spock. She's, I mean, she's in the show for literally a minute and 35 seconds. No. Um, how do you think of the cold open? I mean, you got Spock in it. I, I, That's I, enough. I, do you remember? I, I was going to say, do you remember what a big deal this was when it happened? Because <laughs> I do. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah. Like, it was like some sort of like, uh, sorry, everyone. This is me being terrible at what I'm supposed to be doing right now. And I've clicked really? out of the episode, and Netflix's stupid autoplay. You know what? Fuck you, Netflix. In some ways, it kind of. Uh, was oh, it? Jesus Christ. Netflix really? is driving me up a wall. <laughs> Uh, in a lot of ways, the um, I've now switched to Amazon Prime, the preferred media player. Oh, wow! For Star Trek TNC. Wow, that is uh, that is some real brand changing. Right I, there. I had to do it. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, but please talk so I don't have to not talk and type and all this stuff. Nonetheless, if you work over at Netflix, please hire us to do the uh, the TNG after show. <laughs> we can do it very cheaply. Also, CBS All Access hire me to do another after show. That's for all the TNGs that you have on your platform. Are they all there too? Yeah, they're owned by CBS, so of course they're on CBS. Oh, and they let Netflix have them. That's for now. We'll see. It's going to be very interesting what happens with all this content and everywhere, Andy. Because hmm. I got to tell you, this uh, Disney Plus situation looks pretty dope. Yeah, I know. I mean, you're talking Mandalorian, all the fucking Marvel shows, which I'd want to watch, but I just. You know, it just like seems like they really and the entire back library of Disney movies. Now, is that going to be just accessible, or is it going to be like this month? It's Peter Pan. Oh, don't give them any ideas because no. that'd be like something they'd do. Yeah, the Disney Plus Vault is open for a limited time with Peter Pan. Yeah, I bet you in a ninety-day window. I bet they will. Don't give them ideas. I'm not giving those those money grubbers any ideas. We love you, uh, Disney. Thank you for owning an ABC. Sure. <laughs> Bob Iger, if you'd like me to come work for you, I shed. I'd happily do it. <laughs> what position would that be? As the Iger counter. <laughs> oh, man. I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> this is the worst episode ever. <laughs> oh, we really. The saddest part is really, how long they waited for it. I really want to start over, but we can't. Okay. Steven now. Root. Uh, oh, wait. He's the Klingon. Remember we talked about this last week? Oh, yes, week. right, yeah. Uh, last week, last month. I would like it if he acts just like he does in, uh, in news radio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad you didn't say office space and <laughs> delighted now of of uh, Jimmy James. The, 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 the idea of Jimmy James as a Klingon. Get him with the uh, yeah, bad lift. <laughs> uh, Karen Hansel did... Uh, Won a contest, won she... She won a contest to appear in Psycho 3 in 1986 now. Uh, she's from Ventura. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I'll click on this read more. That's, that's all we have on her. 
Yeah. She's known for three things. She was in Pacific Blue, the top bicycling Pac Blue. show. I do remember Pack Blue. That was a USA thing, right? <laughs> they called themselves Pack Blue? Yeah. That's hilarious. I would like to say it's interesting to me how the character <laughs> page of the IMDb X-Ray situation that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have pictures for each character, right? So Spock has the picture of him in the original series, Riker. I believe that's probably Insurrection Riker. Um, but Sarek is now James Frain and not Mark Leonard. What do you mean? That's James Frain from oh, Discovery, yeah. not Mark Leonard. Oh, interesting. Hmm. The things you know. I'm going to actually put the time code at now. 42 minutes. Was when we started talking about the that's episode. That's silly. You got to do it at the beginning. No, I don't. That no, was the worst beginning we've ever had. Uh, you know what? They that's what they're here for. No, it's not like they're listening in and going like, "Wow, this show is different." <laughs> like, this is as much of a trash fire show. as it always is. But I know this man through his father. It was barely a year ago that I shared a mind meld with the Vulcan Sarek. Now we must meet again as I attempt to find an explanation for his son's actions. Um. Again, you just could never. You couldn't be sure back then that that we would have one device that was hooked up to all other devices. So there's 14 <laughs> pads on his desk. <laughs> We're coming into orbit of Vulcan in less than an hour, Captain. We should tell Sarek's wife of our plans. Who directed this episode? They they really like to have people looking uh, away from each other. You know, it's the typically delightful Les Landau who does a lot of good episodes. I wonder if it was an issue of of uh, scheduling because sometimes if you have people looking in one direction, that's less coverage. But I assume that he's going to turn around in a second, and then they're well. Basically, that means you can just get it all in one shot because it's two people talking to each other but looking in the same direction. But I didn't even think about that. But you have to be 100% right. Why else would they do this? I assume he's going to turn around in a second, though. So you're going to have to get that shot anyway. Let's find out, everybody. They must, right? Right. They've got to get coverage from the other side. He's got to turn and look up at them. Otherwise, how would I have noticed the pads on the desk? Let's find out. 0700. And Sadek? She says he's too willing to make the trip with her. Man is dying. Maybe he didn't. And it's my honor tell him that his son may have betrayed the Federation. Did they spell Mark Leonard's spot? name wrong there? No. I only met him once. Noo? What I know of him comes from history books. Mm. And, of course, now we're on the other side. mind meld with his father. Well, that must cover a lot of ground. Now as we're into coverage. Imagine. Yeah. Sarek and Spock. Just less Landau's choice that everyone looks away. No. They were doing that so that they didn't have to have a shot over Riker's shoulder, because that would have been a different shot than this one. You wanted me, to get into this. They didn't want coverage. to move the camera to the right and up to look down. I feel like th- that's what that's what directors and crews they like. To me, I agree with you. I'm always like, come on, it's not going to take that long. Let's just move it. But I feel like they're like, all right, let's break it down. Shut off the lights. Move everything. And I get it. You want to be specific, By the but way, I just don't. Directors love to let a crew know when the writer's holding things up. Yeah, <laughs> no, they sure do. Sometimes. Fathers and sons. Understood. I really love that moment. What nuance? Oh. See all the pads? Yeah, it's true. He's uh, talking to fathers and sons, and he and they both know what he's talking about. Riker has a terrible relationship with his father in that Ambo Jitsu outfit. What if they had said, I wonder if Spock ever played Ambo Jitsu with his father? Picard would be like, What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, nothing. Oh, nothing. my father was fairly abusive. <laughs> well, I'll just say, take a look at this. 
turned up during an intelligence sweep. Metal fragments. What do you make of it? Possibly disassembled components identified as Vulcan recovered from a downed Ferengi vessel? They were found in crates marked medical supplies. Contraband. It's been sent to Vulcan for identification. But we figured out Stop they weren't the medical supplies, number one. <laughs> What now, do you think? In an era when you can scan what's in any <laughs> container, it seems odd that they would have just put a label on it. Uh, <laughs> we lend a hand. Uh, the Enterprise looks good in this episode. A lot of great uh, sort of um, great shots of it. I love when it's like, I like the shot they do later when like Bird of Prey and the... Uh, Enterprise are going in separate directions and they stay on the ships turning yeah. out. I enjoyed that shot quite a bit. Uh, I love the, all the all the junkyard stuff too. I think that's all great. Now, Perrin and Jean-Luc. I must talk to you about I Spock. I'm sorry, this is really dumb. I hadn't processed this. But he's got a thing for human women. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't. I somehow didn't even process that this wasn't Spock's mom. That this is oh no, man, this is a new lady. Yeah, I mean, well, Spock's mom probably would have died uh, seventy years ago. Yeah, so did he have another one in between? Great question, but I don't think so because, like, in his hallucinations in the last episode that we saw Sarah in, yeah, he yells about Perrin and Amanda, but nobody else. That's true. That's nice. He also doesn't mention Michael. To even say That's goodbye true. to his father before he left. Boy, did he hate Michael. Is it possible he could have been abducted? No. He's doing it again. There's another person <laughs> talking to nobody. <laughs> what is happening, Andy? <laughs> Why have we noticed this? <laughs> oh, this is going to drive us crazy. I bet you there's some other there's some other setup that we're going to see. That's going to be the explanation. But it's really weird. She's they're talking gonna, to the wall again. They're going to sit, and then he's going to drop the camera. I assume. He knew he was going. It's really hammy. Do you have any it's idea? It's very soap opera. Yeah. Why he might have disappeared like this. Captain, as far as I'm concerned, he disappeared a long time ago. Would it be inappropriate to ask what happened between you and Spock? Not between us. Between Spock and his father? Spock and I are still totes cool. <laughs> oh, they had argued for years. That was family. That was a weird but when hiccup. The debates over the Cardassian yeah, war in. began. Yeah. He attacked Sarek's position publicly. He showed no loyalty for his father. I was not aware that Sarek was offended by Spock's opposition. I was offended. I made sure that Spock knew it. I always felt resentful that he had a family before me. He always story. thought I was speaking to the wall, I but I was talking to Spock. <laughs> Does Sarek have any idea why Spock might have left? I don't know. Perhaps a pool party. <laughs> Perhaps he's off with McCoy. You could see Sarek as I do, wasting in bed, whispering. He wants to see his son. He wants to heal any rift that may still remain. This is a very extreme costume choice. Uh, it's Vulcany. Now, yeah. it may be too late. It's interesting the Vulcans have such fancy 
outfits garb you would think that they would kind of be more like it's probably like a traditional keep everything practical i know because you'd think like it'd be logical to wear something that's like a little more uh easy to assemble yeah um like they probably hate like the 70s punk scene in new york they'd be like this is what are you doing this is how many things are you putting on this is very illogical what are all these things in your ears and your face the case that they're vulcan Dentarium also means that whatever this was, it was originally designed for use in space. Look at the damage, it must have been a high-speed impact. Yeah, for any cargo ship that went down the Nolan asteroid belt. The debris was spread over 100 square kilometers. Could it be a weapons array? That was my first thought, but the Vulcans have no record of any stolen weapons or stolen parts for that matter. (sighs) This is going to be like putting together a big jigsaw puzzle when you don't even know what the picture is supposed to be. Yep. I when did he do that, jigsaw that's puzzles? That's exactly right. <laughs> I love that jigsaw puzzles are definitely still a thing. <laughs> or I would—I thought it was more just like that. When does does Jordy really? So first of all, if he's using his visor, it seems like he could put it together in an instant. If he's not yeah. using his visor, then how is he he's seeing the jigsaw? His, he's using his visor. And you think it's worthwhile for him to? Yeah, because his like visor doesn't tell him where where things go when they're not together. It just, I know, but he just sees the shapes just like anybody else. Doesn't it have certain technologies that yeah, tell him what like, the deals uh, are? It won't tell you shapes where a puzzle piece went, but it will tell you like what that piece of puzzle is made of. All right, I'm Maybe. backing off. Like he's got like an EF EM. I don't know. Whatever. The point is that Andy and I are still bad at this podcast. Actions <laughs> <laughs> have taken over. Sometimes I can. Bring him out of it. With hot dogs. Sarah, you will listen. Go from me. Picard is here. No more Saint chaos. Picard, weird. I will leave you alone with him. I feel like every guest actor gets a one sheet when they arrive. With a description of the names. No, that says, no. you will say... P E E C A R D. You know, I've, I actually like the show. I've never heard anybody say it like that. Uh, but you've seen aliens hail the ship and call them P card, right? But I'm hey, a you're human. playing an alien. But oh, okay. <laughs> he will either acknowledge you or he won't. If he mentions Amanda, tell him to shut up. <laughs> Sarek. Eh? Come a long way to see you. Huh? Who's that? I will not answer. I must talk to you about your son. Uh, is there no trivia for this episode? I'd be very interested to know the Star Trek. I feel like the... I mean, this is like... I feel like Mark Leonard should have gotten like a um, an Emmy, yeah, at least a nomination for this this guest role. Oh, good. it's a big, you know, it's a TV character and a big emotional death scene. Yeah, this episode was nominated for an Emmy award. Oh, but for outstanding individual achievement in music composition. <laughs> Do you know what's weird? I literally this this particular scene actually. I thought about how good the score was. Really? Yeah. There's like a string swell that happens at no the end here huh. about Spock. 
and I almost never really think about the music in Star Trek. Yeah, other than the theme. But listen to the scene. Yes. Listen to the score. It's actually quite he's good. Missing. There's like a little flute coming in when he's talking about Spa. Mm-hmm. It's very movie-like. Is that you, Picard? Hello, old friend. I'm not that old. I'm Vulcan. I need your help. I must find Spark. He's not here. I know. He's been reported on Romulus. Romulus? Yes. Why? I had hoped to find that out from you. You're going there, aren't you? To find him? Yes. Do you have any idea what might have taken him to Romulus? A ship? Is there anyone on Romulus? No, I I know that. Or choose to contact. I'm having a mental degeneration. I thought you asked. (laughs) I mean, even this is good. This, like, the way he's, like, trying to, like, he's emoting the whole idea of, like, his mind having deteriorated and, like, trying to get to the fucking answer. It's real nice. I think it's great acting. It could be. And he does it all to Picard's face. Except for when he lays down in the bed and then stares at nothing. There's another case of it. It's so funny. He is a Romulan senator. Spock has maintained a relationship with him over the years. I don't know how they met. At the Kittimer Conference, I'd imagine. Bardic represented Romulus. Yes, sure he did. In fact, I recall Spock coming to me with optimism about maintaining a continual dialogue with the Romulans. I told him that it was illogical to maintain such an expectation. Spock was always so impressionable. This Romulan Pardek had no support at home. Of course, in the end, I was proven correct. I gave Spock the benefit of experience, of logic. Never listened. Never listen. It has been suggested that Spock might have defected. Never. I will accept many things, but never that. But you believe he might have gone there to see Pardek? Romulan senator? Oh, man. How do you know Pardek? Listen, a string section coming in here. This was when I thought about it. I was like, I've heard of him. Got some synths in there. That's what he's Not so done. much on the synth. Yeah. He's gone to see Pardek. Do you know what business they might have together? I wonder if no. they, uh... <laughs> I never knew what Spock was doing. There when there was a boy who would disappear for days into the mountains. I would ask him where he'd gone, what he had done. He refused to tell me. I insisted that he tell me. That's something I want to see not. in a flashback. Watch the animated series. Oh, do they have punished him? It's covered in the animated series. Cool. 
He endured it silently, but always he returned to the mountains. One might as well ask the river not to run. But secretly, I... I'm intrigued by this animated series. A proud call of him. I've seen a couple of episodes. Maybe picked up a pillow. <laughs> Put him out of his misery. We're a part of each other. The brain part. I know that he has caused you pain, but I also know that you love him. Tell him, because. The strings, Andy. It's the television yeah. show. Yeah, they got right. an orchestra coming in. That's that is pretty touching. That he had to help them do the Vulcan salute. It's pretty Peace great. And long life. Live long and hard. Live long and prosper. Cut. Patrick, don't don't finish the line. But he seems like he really wants me to help him. I'm I'm in the moment. Prosper. Who <laughs> does it? I don't remember that. <laughs> I'm going back to my staring away you from like you, the, shot. The the trumpet, like the the, the death trumpet kind yeah, of thing. It's you know, real nice. it's like I think it's a great job. I think it should have won the Emmy. And if this one, if this lost to an episode of Pacific Blue, I'm gonna be so mad. Before you move on, um, I have some information for you that doesn't really answer all your questions, but it does address right. it. Fran Brent, Fran Bennett won was scheduled oh. to reprise her role of Fleet Admiral Shanti in the opening sequence of this episode, and was according to the call sheet up to uh, film her scenes on Monday, September 16th for unknown reasons, Bennett was replaced by Karen Hensel as Admiral Brackett. So there was some intrigue. I mean, it could have been any number of things, right? Like, it could have been literally up to and including a missed call time. And they're like, well, we got to fucking roll. Who do we have around here that we can get? No. Because uh, the woman who won the contest. <laughs> <laughs> we got her. Was local, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Probably just went out to Melrose and were like, uh, just grab someone off the Paramount tour. <laughs> Could have been. No, sir. He's ignoring me. What other explanation is that? It seems after hailing him for three days, he could have found a minute to talk to you. Sir. Yes, Lieutenant. I believe I know why our messages are not being answered. Gowron has been rewriting Klingon history. Rewriting history? Yes. He is claiming that it was his courage, his genius, that brought an end to the Civil War. I see. In the new version, there is no mention made of the Federation's help in his rise to power. If Worf's right, then our arrival would be an uncomfortable reminder of the facts. Well, he can take all the credit he wants, I don't care. But I do need a ship... But if Gowron won't talk to me, get me somebody who will. Somebody on the High Council. Katow, perhaps. Yes, sir. Captain. I love... This is a great use of war. And that he understands the politics and the way that Klingons think. And uh, and I love the uh, that Gowron's being a dick now. <laughs> I think that's a great touch. And adds up perfectly. Um, 
Yeah, this whole—it's uh, interesting. They're using a lot of every, a lot of, a lot of the crews getting used to their strengths in yeah. this episode, particularly like uh, Data, you know, being yeah. all uh, Data-like. Weird, almost comedy scene in the quarters at the end where, where Picard's trying to sleep. Uh, oh, you thought like, it was weird? I really enjoyed. Yeah, that. It was like. Pardek Romulus enjoyed that comedy. This is a Barolian record of a trade negotiation in which Pardek participated four years ago. Here's something else that this series couldn't have foreseen. Okay, the ubiquitous use of uh, cell phone cameras. Yeah. You're telling me that throughout the Federation, the only footage of this guy you have <laughs> is this. Well, maybe there gathering were gathering after maybe a there party. Were rules that shut down the the ever present camera. Maybe, but I'd also like to say that, like, I feel like Romulan Empire is the kind of place that would have its own state-run news source. Yeah, and it would probably constantly be having senators on to talk about things. Could be that met the agenda that they wanted. Possible. What I'm get, I'm wondering is like, why aren't why isn't anyone else picking up this cable channel out there in space? Yeah, that's all. Again, it's the future now that they didn't have then, so you could not predict such things. So it's interesting to look at it like because a lot of the Star Trek plot dole out is done in a way of like 20th century. Uh, 80s 90s thinking of like well you know they wouldn't be able to call a person here they wouldn't be able to do this they wouldn't be able to do that like they're not uh, I mean, as, I agree as futurist as they are as i'm saying though i just wonder if that you could you could uh, explain it by it be like well they had they made you know they put boundaries on it so you weren't allowed to expand certain things you know they basically pulled back intentionally on the technology the romulan empire or everyone everyone interesting Interesting theory, or possibly just the Romulan Empire. Maybe I did. I did get the vibe that it was hard to get, and maybe this is maybe this is me imposing it. That it was hard to get these images because the Romulans were so naturally secretive that they found ways to defy being photographed or to. Yeah, I mean, it's just supposed to be like you know, like any Cold War, right? Where information is hard to come by on either side. Yeah. But then, who's leaking this information to the Romulan that Picard has come? Yeah. I don't know. You know? Yeah. Makes me think. Makes me think they never got rid of that spy from the drumhead. They don't explain in part two who... Who Who told them Picard was coming? No. No? No. That's why I'm saying... That's weird. They never solved the problem of the drumhead. Who do you think it is? Uh, Frank in... in, Maybe it's Mott the Barber. Could be. Could be. He talks a lot. Pardek. Been established. One question answered. What do we know of him? He has been in public service since he was a young man, a senator for nine decades. He is considered a man of the people. He has sponsored many reforms. Reportedly, Romulan leadership considers him to be somewhat of a radical. Oh, that's probably why he doesn't that's get on Romulan State TV very much. Thank you, sir. Captain, we are being hailed by the Klingon homeworld. Garon or Katow? Neither, sir. It is the junior adjutant to the diplomatic delegation. Junior adjutant. <laughs> oh, that look. <laughs> Bychik, sir. On screen. Why would they say Kronos? Why would they say the Klingon home world? Anyway. But even, wait, what's the issue? Is it, do they Why would they, they name the planet? Oh, yeah. They just say the Klingon home world. Yeah. 
I regret and it's Worf delivering the line, which makes it extra weird. Yeah. Also, I love this dorky Klingon who looks like he could be Tom Green. And the High Council are quite busy and won't be able to speak with you today. Is Garon aware that we have been transmitting messages for the past three days? Captain, Garon wishes it were possible to talk with everyone who wants an audience, but he is one man. The demands on his time are formidable. If you would like me to take him a message. A message? Very well. This is this is that Picard diplomacy you're always talking about. Leader of the High Council of the Klingon Empire, that his arbiter of succession, Jean-Luc Picard, needs a favor. A favor? I require a cloaked vessel. A cloaked vessel? This is no small favor, Captain. It is for a mission that could have repercussions throughout the quadrant. How would it benefit the Klingon Empire? I'm sure Garon will ask. The only benefit to the Klingon Empire would be our gratitude. That is what you want me to tell him? Yes. And please add that if he is unable to provide us with a ship, then I am sure there are... I'm imagining Les Landau didn't understand that this was a view screen. He just thought everyone was looking at a wall when he directed <laughs> Now, I want you to talk to Riker in the background. And it, but aren't I talking to the... All right, never mind. Can we tell him? Vampire who would be willing to help me. And then they would have our gratitude. I hope to see a little bit of this Picard come out in the Picard series. Yeah. You know? That'd be great. To his skilled leadership. I don't want to be I don't I, I don't want to see him on the back foot too often you know it seems like he's going to be based I on know. that trailer I know I don't really I'm not really looking forward to that either I kind of want to see him just kicking ass but I guess well, I, mean, I, I like a little a bit of this, this and that you know yeah you know if he's constantly standing outside his chateau hailing no enterprise with that <laughs> badge <laughs> hello <laughs> I'm still here <laughs> Data, Data, holodeck Data, are you still here? I'm going to go talk to my Jeffy head again. No, Doctor. They are fully integrated components. We'll have to do some molds of his ears as well. What about his skin color? We'll have to do some tests. His crazy his skin, skin color. Changing it to appear Romulan shouldn't be too difficult. We just have to make sure we can change it back again afterwards. Your right eye is .004 higher than your left. Nobody's perfect, Doctor. But if you want a proper fit to your prosthetic, trust your tailor. Anything from Garon? No, sir. But if, when you're done with your tailor, you join me in the cargo bay, Mr. LaForge has made some progress with the metal fragments. These two still have an appointment with Mr. Mott to have their hair pieces designed. <gasps> Mott, you were right. What we have here is a navigational deflector array. Or at least. What, what if Mott was a deep seated. Romulan spy who's been on the Federation flagship as the barber for this long and everyone talks to the barber it would be funny if he wasn't even a spy the Romulans just invited him out for drinks the and Romulans just, told them everything the Romulans just asked for a haircut <laughs> well you know <laughs> <laughs> they found Spock on your planet and uh, no one's going no one's seen Spock in a while huh <laughs> 
Well, who would want a Vulcan deflector? It's me, Commander. Every question we answer here seems to bring up two more. You're certain this is Vulcan? It's like a jigsaw so puzzle that. Oh, I already said that. that. And by running a molecular pattern trace, we were actually able to identify. Well, Jordy, you start with the corners. How? <laughs> Decommissioned years ago and sent to the surplus to Pal Two. As far as anybody knows, it's still there. Just like the eighties band. Yes, Lieutenant. And Tapal. <laughs> and Tapal. Compliments of Gal. Vulcan. Was she a high priestess? Well, you convey my gratitude to the captain and advise him that Mr. Data and I will be transporting correct? over short. Correct. I don't know why I asked you if that was. Correct. I'd like to take the end of. It's one of those things that people should know and. I'm just hoping I'm not wrong. Where am I? I'm oh. on board a Klingon ship now, with Stephen Root as the captain. I <coughs> I don't know that I did process that this was Stephen Root. I don't. We discussed this before. Uh, yeah. In the pre, in the next, I think in like the trailer for the next episode, I think I said Stephen Root is the Klingon. This is a, if this is a fucking this is crazy this is this is a great performance when doesn't he do a great Steve I understand amazing but even when he's like Boardwalk Empire or or yes, because he's whatever not Klingon makeup no but I mean we when he does all these other versions let's imagine all, him, imagine him not in Klingon makeup they're all some version imagine him not in Klingon makeup of that understated guy and this is like well, a totally different character and you think about Jimmy James yeah opposite. He's still understated. No, he's not. I'm not saying he's he's. not broad comedic performance, but he's sort of, I'm quietly just saying my thing. Oh, he's a quiet southerner. Yeah, quiet southerner. Is is what you mean. Right. We are going on this mission. I'm sorry. It's a classified matter. You're going after the defector, aren't you? Have you seen my red stable? Defector? (laughs) You think information like that stays a secret? Ambassador Spock has gone to Romulus, and you're going after him. Captain, your orders are to take us to a set of coordinates near Romulus and to bring us back. And that is all I'm prepared to discuss. If we are discovered by the Romulans, it means death for us all. I realize that. Eku, go Very well, Captain. We have set a course for Romulus. A single bird of prey. A single galaxy class starship. <laughs> I love it. They're just going in different directions. Love it. And then this B plot with uh, this, this the, the the ship. It's really like this is what uh, I want to see in a Star uh, Trek episode. Just cool, and it's got a great intrigue plot, and you see different things happening, and people are their yeah, skills are being used in different ways. I find that a lot of the two-parters give you all that stuff because they have the time to do that. And because this is an episodic show and not a serialized show, I feel like we sacrifice some of these character moments uh, for the episodicness of it all. I mean, of course we do. But I thought you just, were... I think it's clear that it... More on the side of episodic. Oh, you're a moron. Uh-oh. <laughs> I remember saying that. <laughs> you did. Um, I like episodic television. I love epi- I like episodic t- Star Trek. Yes. Correct. Mm-hmm. But if you gave me a Star Trek series that was constantly two-parters, yeah. I don't think I'd be mad at you. No, that sounds great. Basically like little movies. Yeah, it's like 80 minutes of television. Yeah. I mean, 90. It's, I mean, this is 45 minutes. The next one's probably 45 minutes. That's an hour and a half. That's a movie. Probably just more expensive, so I don't want to do them. 
I don't know. Who knows? I hear Henry. I hear. I hear a Henry. Jeez, poor kid. He's sick. Is he? Yeah. He seemed okay the other day. He's got a little bit of a congested cold situation. So oh, poor Henry. It's gonna be hell tonight. Oh no, he was gripping my finger. Did you give it to him, you mother? No, I'm kidding. He's was a little confused. Four, five, of course, was only concerned for myself. Four, five, that kid, I gotta say, for the for the uh, next conversation audience, those that is Patreon, you know, that is a very cute child with very good eye lock. Yeah, he looks right uh, at you. That might be his new nickname, eye lock. Yeah, sounds like a, a good uh, DC villain. What does he do? He locks your gaze. You can't look away from him. Anything could be happening around us. He is adorable. He's like a reverse Medusa. No. You have to look at him. Prize is nearing Quaylord 2, home of a Federation surplus depot operated by the Zakdorn. We hope to find out. <laughs> that sounds like a bunch of. <laughs> that sounds like somebody named their son. Quaylord 2 and the Zakdorn. Michael, Michael Dorn named his kid Zack, and they were like, let's call it a Zakdorn. Why were they going to Quaylord 2? What was the reason? They want to find out oh, where the salvage Vulcan deflector, deflector. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then they have this guy who was just like the guy in peak performance, remember? Yeah. The guy that was playing Stratagema with Riker. I love this side plot. I do too. Up in the hands I like the a little ring. mystery investigation. I like that he's... On screen. An idiot and vain. I'm, and I like that... He's not an idiot. He's just like the other fucking... Yeah, right. The other guy. Was it the same species? Yeah, the little... Uh, that's a great touch that this whole species is arrogant and officious. I mean, they say as much in that episode. Peak performance. Not that episode. I lied. It's not peak performance. It's the game. No, it's not the game. <laughs> God, what is it? War? It's not war. It's battle. What is it called? Ship on ship love war. What is it called? What is a battle? What is a battle simulation? What is that called? There's a name. What is this show called? Mm. Uh, the name of that show. What is the name of that I episode? I have it. You, oh, good. What is it? It's peak performance. Oh, I was right? Yeah. Hey, look at me. You know what I was thinking of? I was like, the but peak performance is that terrible one where Wesley's at Starfleet Academy testing. And then I full, slowly started to realize... That could be the same episode. Could I don't, be. I don't know. Is it? What else happens in stra- in peak performance? Um, let's find it. Uh, mm, no. Ah, oh, what's it's, that one called? It's the. It's the. Um, it's the. Well, the peak performance part is is him doing the war games. Mm-hmm. And. I don't see Wesley's doing in this episode. Yeah, they're looking up Crusher's experiment. I don't know. I don't oh, know yeah, that. because in peak performance, that's when he gets the, the little a little bit of power by stealing a science project that he had on board the Enterprise. Remember? No. Into the ship that had no engines? Eh, anyway. I don't remember. Uh, you all at home remember. And if you don't remember, you could watch it right now. <laughs> Turn this off. Commander William Riker from the... You guys tune in to see if we remember episodes, right? Quartermaster Surplus Depot Z-15. I need some information about a Vulcan ship, the T'Pau. It was sent to you a few years ago. Did you arrange an appointment? An appointment? No. Then I will be unable to help you. You may communicate with scheduling. Who does he think he is? 
the quartermaster of the supply yard with information you need. Right. Mr. Worf, re-establish communication. Seems like he has a plan, but then he kind of just messes up again. Oh, he doesn't have a plan at all. Yeah. His plan is to lean and charm. Yeah. And he's failing miserably at it. He kind of just goes right back to alpha guy. And then he and then he ends up getting, you know, there's so many side eye looks between these two when yeah. they're together on in this situation. It is I, side eye central. I, I enjoy it. I would have loved to have been on the USS Titan. All right, one of your people can do the work. I wish I had the people to spare. I don't. Well, sir, what would you suggest? He's getting very angry. I don't know. Yeah. Contact me when you reach orbit. Brushing to Miss Black. Andy, what sort of weird website are you on? I was looking to see uh, who this guy was. uh, Do you know him from something big? (laughs) I think I do. (laughs) This is Graham Jarvis. Andy knows him from something big. Uh, Let's see if I can guess. It's an episode of Starsky and Hutch you loved. Uh, Nope. Ah, damn it. Secundus. Claim to fame. Mr. Mom. from something big. It's Mr. Mom. (laughs) (laughs) He was the boss in Mr. Mom. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Guys, I'm so glad that we figured it out. He's the guy that Terry Gar, uh, he helps him do the, do the tuna commercial, I believe. And, um... And she becomes a big hit. <laughs> you know, I think anyone who can do a good tuna commercial should be a big hit. Sure. Because tuna's not that great, let's be honest. But you don't like tuna? I, hey, I enjoy tu- good tuna. Tuna. I didn't say any words there. What about a, what about a um, tuna melt? Do you enjoy a tuna melt? Uh, you know, when they get, when, when we occasionally will have them on stage from Victor Jr.'s, which is the sub shop near Sony across the street from Sony occasionally like at night ooh I bet you they'd have a good one they do the pizza's pretty good it's decent yeah I mean, I mean as far as what you can LA get out pizza, here it's sure, like yeah. yeah sure but I will say I also love their fucking cheesesteak too I, think I had some Junior's, of that the other night I think Victor Jr.'s is like have you had the uh, unsung hero have you had the um, so rarely do I go there oh is it the Philly cheesesteak we never steak. go there the beef the beef uh, uh, cheesesteak is not as good as the chicken one Oh, was that a chicken? What was the Philly cheesesteak would have been beef, but then there was seemed like there was two different kinds. There was a teriyaki, maybe? There was a pork one, I think, maybe. Is oh, that okay. possible? Yeah, that's not going to be as good. Uh, no, that one was good. Oh, you're saying that the beef one wasn't? It was definitely, there was one that was beef that wasn't Guys, as good as the other one. we'll be right back. We're going to solve this problem. <laughs> <laughs> I like how much he loves looking at the ship. Thank you for coming on board, Mr. Doctor. Quite a ship you have. We're tied into your computers if you'd like to access the files. I don't usually see them in such good condition. By the time they get to me, they're always falling apart. Seems annoyed by that. We must find this ship, and you're the only one who can help us. Who are you? Deanna Troy, ship's counselor. He probably figures that we don't get to see a lot of handsome women out this way. And someone like you might get a little more cooperation from me. I like Jerry Taylor's decision He's to... probably right. Right, handsome what women. What was the name of that yeah. ship? The T'Pau? 
Also, like that they're smiling at each other in the front of him. This is great. He's playing to the top yeah. of it. They play this character to the top of his intelligence. They're manipulating him. He knows they're manipulating him. He's still like, all right, I'll let you manipulate you me. You can't manipulate one of these guys. I don't know if you remember That's when they strategy, played Stratagema with each other. True. So he's like, yeah, all right, whatever. That's going to help you anyway. Yeah. The ship now. Docked. Section 18, Gamma 12. You want me to take you there? I'd appreciate it. Helmsman, lay in a heading 141 by 208, a head slow 200 kph. I suppose Double finger point. Love it's your it. first visit to a junkyard, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised at some of the things I find on board these ships. Somebody's bragging about it. It's such a great character. It's such a, uh, what do you call it? I don't know. Hmm. <laughs> No, no, neither. My, of only, chance, my only chance was my only chance was Andy knowing. But since he didn't, I don't know. <laughs> I'm now Betazoid. On screen from Beta Z. What? Where is it? What happened to it? I would have been like, turn on the front camera, dum dum. <laughs> that is the front camera. What? <laughs> These are the correct coordinates. The Depaul is missing. The Depaul is missing. How could a ship disappear from your depot? I'm not accustomed to losing things, Commander. I will find your ship for you. I have the T'Pau cross-referenced in four different directories. When it was brought here, was it stripped of material, armament, sensors? Of course. What can you material. tell us what happened to its navigational Is that a mistake, defector? or is it supposed to be something different? No, I think that's a different thing, right? It was it spelled was the same the in Tripoli, the subtitles. Holding but, like, material other- is, like, stripped of... The, I would guess the hull. I mean, it just sounded right to me. In material, I'd be like a, a, stripped of um, subsections. Hmm. Things of uh, like material being like deuterium tanks and 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 plasma conduits. Possibly. I don't know. Look, I'm not going to question LeVar Burton. <laughs> he took a look. It's in a book, a reading rainbow. Into the shipyard. Well, it's not there anymore. What's left of that deflector is laid out on the floor of our cargo bay. Want to see? It's pretty cool. How can that be? Perhaps we should pay a visit to the Tripoli. Hmm. Material. Let me see how this one's pronounced. Material. Okay, and that one's military materials and equipment. Good job, LeVar Burton. I apologize. Did I not say it's LeVar Burton? The guy... I has know. a career built on reading. But I will say this. The subtitles spelled it incorrectly with an A instead of an E. Well, I think that is an Andy Secunda fact. There's <laughs> <laughs> no dispute in it. New branding. All the time that this... Now I won't bother everybody, but I was going to go to Netflix and see if they spelled it right. Dornham oh. operated this depot. Nothing has ever... It's, it should have like an, like an Accenture Vu on it, right? Material? Like I'd read it and I'd be like, okay. Or is it like an E at the end of material? An E. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never. Approaching the coordinates of the Triple D, sir. On screen. I do not understand this. This is not possible. We- How is this guy not sweating profusely? Like, look, doesn't that look like the warmest thing a human being could put on? Maybe they're It's very... like 17 layers of felt. 
I'm not talking about the actor. I'm not talking about the alien species. Andy. Maybe the alien species runs uh, runs I'm cold. I'm not talking about the alien species. The actor has a bunch of people running up to him in between takes and dabbing his head to, to fanning him. Yeah, to and dry also like it if off. the makeup melts, it might help. Yeah. Beam goods to the Tripoli on a regular schedule. There was a shipment yesterday. Another one is set for today. It must be there. When is today's train? I have so much tuna to Just sell. Over two hours from now. <laughs> A shipment of deuterium storage tanks. Ensign, align the Enterprise so we appear to be one of the abandoned ships. Mr. LaForge, when we're in position, shut down the engines and all systems except sensors and life support. Aye, sir. I was a little bothered by a directing choice here. And if I was Jerry Taylor and the writer on set, I would have been like, when these lights go down, we should put the bridge on night watch light for night watch oh interesting this would have been I don't know would have sold it more yeah I agree and now for Andy's favorite comedy scene Using to put surprised you dislike this this much since I do not require sleep I propose you take the shelf sir I am content to stand that's my first problem with it that he pauses and says shelf he's 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 trying to evaluate a bunk he's evaluating whether it even counts as a bed without a mattress. Are you comfortable, sir? I suppose so. Good night, Captain. Sleep well, sir. Thank you. Another card facing away from Data. And looking at a wall. Yep. <laughs> While Data looks at a wall. Yep. <laughs> he really loves it. What <laughs> is theme? This uh, is going to be my angle as a director. <laughs> What are you doing? Sir? Was I making noise, sir? No, not exactly. I was processing all of the information we have accumulated on Romulan society. I am preparing for the task of impersonating a Romulan. I see. Would you like me to discontinue, sir? No. No, please, go on. <laughs> I love it. I think it's very well performed by, by uh, Patrick Stewart. By both of them. I just don't know that Picard would be that bothered by Data doing that in the in his first position. This position, I buy. I buy the being bothered by this. But I also feel like that's I'm not great. Anything, sir. I'm continuing to organize my files. <laughs> but you were looking at me. I am sorry if I was disturbing you, sir. I will not look in your direction. I love the hold on the look, like he's evaluating, like, what is going on with that guy? It's a little off character for Data, but I think it's such a great Brent Spiner moment. I think it's a little moment. off character for both of them. What? But as a whole, I think, yes. When I, has Picard I, I, had a guy sleep, fucking standing around him while he sleeps? But I think Let's he go on with the files. I would be understands happy. Data. I've been studying the Crocton segment as you asked. You know. And have chosen the proper site for our transport. Captain but Kamada he's someone Kamada. who always wants Please to be, to you know, in command and in, in control of the situation. And this is a situation where he's sleeping and some other dude is just standing there working. I think no, he's make a him uncomfortable. He'd have a, someone standing watch. We've monitored a subspace message that might interest you. Or not, depending on what your mission is. You still won't tell us. <laughs> it's from Dave Foley. <laughs> I can't get over how he's dead. What a great performance this is from Stephen Root. I would like to say also a great performance from the Enterprise hiding in plain sight. <laughs> 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 Mr. 
Mr. Laporte, bring I the engine back online and restore all systems to normal. Hi, sir. He's powering up engines, turning to starboard. Would have been nice for the lights to come up then. I agree with you, Matt. This is Commander William Riker of the USS Enterprise. Identify yourself. I'm Frank. Materiel. I repeat, you have entered a Federation depot. Identify yourself. Sir, the ship is Materiel. Shields up, Rattler. That ship easily matches our armament, Commander. It's coming about. It's a very weird situation that they're doing here. Why? Like, Jordy's like, just so you know, Commander, they can easily match us in firepower. Mm. And Riker's like, "Uh uh-huh. Wait for it. (laughs) Wait for what? Yeah. If you know your plan, just say, focus your fire on the weapons. And it's not like they're waiting for, like, a... Uh, a, a lapse in their shield flow. It's not like they're waiting for a window. It's not like they're waiting for them to deplete their power so they will have no more shield power. Yeah. It's a literal, let me stand here and take damage while we wait for what I consider the perfect time, which gives us no tactical advantage. Is there not a thing of like seeing if they're going to, you know, engage in battle or if they're going to run? Well, I mean, look at how long this takes. Ready? Debating weapons. Four shields down to 72%. Boost power to the shields. Aye, sir. Mr. Worf, lock onto their weapon systems only and prepare to fire. Yeah, that's fair. Shields down to 68%. Half 40%. On my mark, 0.75. You're totally right. I just want to get their attention. Ready, sir. Fire. You're 100% right. Why do you want to get their attention? Your fucking shield array is failing. Yeah. Because you waited so long for this nothing. I kind of feel like that's that's in Dorn's performance there. Their array is damaged, sir. I don't know why well, it's we also like, up till now. It's just like, what What do you wait? Like, There's no, like, I wish there was like a line explaining it. Maybe like a... Wait for this burst and then fire because they won't have enough time to reef fire their phaser cannon you know what i mean i don't know whatever commander i'm picking a massive i'm just a podcaster here to pick apart tiny things with all the armament that ship is carrying it's gonna internal explosions they must have had the chili oh jesus (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't even i couldn't even hold my look my look my look was that Andy should be saying exactly that, but I couldn't hold it because it so, his timing was so good on that. I laughed really hard. I was just going to try to give you a... <laughs> you know, that wouldn't have read on the podcast, Matt. That would have been just it's for me. just for us. Sometimes it's just for us. <laughs> he gave a very funny look. I'll admit that. Talk about a five alarm. <laughs> Upsetting for everyone concerned. <laughs> Just this weird, this weird banter Riker and LaForge have about the ship. Most of it, chili cooked as they go with. <laughs> uh, I hate myself. Meanwhile, on Data's head. <laughs> I would not have thought it possible, sir. I am eager to test the success of our efforts. This might be my permanent look. The Romulans will accept us. They really gave Picard bushy eyebrows. You have seemed 
Maybe the other side is four millimeters long. Since we received the news mm-hmm. of Ambassador Sarek's death, Sarek and I share a particular bond. Our lives touched in an unusual way. We docked. <laughs> I admit, I feel the effects of his death. The tenor of this mission has changed, Mr. Data. At least it has for me. We were sent to confront Spock about his disappearance, and now I also have to tell him that his father is dead. I do not entirely understand, sir. As a Vulcan, Ambassador Spock would simply see death as the logical result of his father's illness. It's never quite that simple, not even for a Vulcan. Certainly not for Spock, who is half-human. Years spent in conflict. And now the chance to resolve those differences is gone. Considering the exceptionally long lifespan of Vulcans, it does seem odd that Sarek and Spock did not choose to resolve those differences in the time allowed. Father and son, both proud, both stubborn, more alike than either of them are prepared to admit. A lifetime spent building emotional barriers. They're very. I mean, Andy, it's like they're talking about us. I was just going to say the the same thing. It's a difficult moment. It's a lonely one. I think we would both be terrified by mind melting with each other. (laughs) We'd be like, I thought we were going to mind melt with each other. And then the part where we realize our minds work exactly the same way is where we go, Oh, God! How mind melting! This person is just the same person! With a little more information about Star Trek in it. Look sweet. Be careful, android. Some Romulan beauty might take a liking to you. Lick that paint right off your ears. You! You know what the Romulans will do to you if they discover who you are. I have a good idea. We're ready to transport down to the surface. Just so we understand each other. My orders don't include rescue missions. What's his problem, right, Data? (laughs) I guess so, sir. By the way, let's talk about this situation again. Let's look at the blocking here. It's like there's so much staring straight ahead and nothing. Yeah. There's no eye line coverage. It's Very just, strange. What? I, Can I, I didn't notice question? it until now. Why do Klingons have double-toed shoes? Do they have two, sho- two, two, two big toes? Oh, I don't know. I never thought about it. Very strange. I mean, I said the real answer is... I mean, it just goes to, like, what did the samurai boot look like? Doesn't that have a thumb, like a, like a big toe slit? Oh. I thought they just had like claw kind of a thing. I just felt like that. I felt like there was some art, like because they needed to have a little more um, articulation. Oh yeah, you're right. Ninjas had uh, yeah had the double thing. Yeah, interesting. I mean, have you ever seen a ninja split though? Maybe it's two toes. There you go. Good uh, good pull, Matt. It's not just me. I feel like Andy should have known that. I should have. That's my area. Yeah, I failed. God. My mail with me again. You'll get it back. <laughs> you received my message. I got here as quickly as I could, Proconsul. What do you know of this human? Jean-Luc Picard. Whoops. Malachi. Podek is played by Malachi. A Starfleet captain. Throne. I know nothing. What about a name. name, yeah. 
of course, Andy remembers him to from a voyage to the bottom of the sea. No? Nope. No. Uh, let me see. His, uh, this is a, that guy does look familiar. <laughs> I think I do know him from something big. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of what it would be from. Let's look through and see. The Outer Limits? Maybe. Land of the Giants? No. Obviously Mantis. Mantis! Obviously Mantis. We should watch Mantis at some point. We've discussed it. Have we? Yes. Oh. On this very show. Oh, that seems like where we would have discussed anything. Oh my god, look at these scene breakdowns. They tell me what happens. Oh wow. Oh, he's really... Man, Netflix, you have blown it. <laughs> Picard meets with Sarek. Picard tries to get a Klingon ship. Picard and Data Picard prepare to go undercover. Riker uncovers a mystery. Oh my god. Picard settles into the Klingon ship. You Break. have lost Matt forever. Picard and Data are shown their quarters. Riker tries to get information about a ship. This I should read this instead of Larry Nemechek's thing. Yeah. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, yeah. Pardek hears about Picard. Oh, wow. Amazing. I think I'm going to get myself a samurai outfit. <laughs> These things look great. Classic Andy. Ah, Senator Pardek. You received my message. You should wear it with your Thank Indiana God, Jones jacket. You never wear that's true, I do. You know this human? That's what's going to happen to your samurai outfit, Andy. I'm trying to help you. Yeah, you're right. All right, I won't spend on it. You're going to spend $1,900 on a samurai outfit. <laughs> Jean-Luc Picard. I didn't mean the armor, I just meant a regular one. Mm. I know nothing of him. And you haven't seen him recently? To my knowledge, I have never seen him. I've received intelligence indicating he is on his way here. Perhaps here already. Here are Bromulus? Yes. Curious. This guy looks like a real familiar guy. I suppose we'd better find out if the report is accurate or merely rude. Norman Large. Has he been in the show before? He's in a lot of characters. No, but has he been, has he been in Star Trek The Next Generation before? Um, is a different alien. He's in DS9. He's in a later one called oh, Dark Oh, he has Age. been. Yes. He's one of these uh, telepathic uh, dingleberries there. One of these guys. Yeah. He's in a lot of DS9 as Narrow. Oh, it's the same character. Narrow. There you go. That's why he looks so familiar, probably. (laughs) Maybe. Help. I know from something big, these shows. His picture on IMDb is that weird. I know from something big. (laughs) Part two. (laughs) Hopefully <laughs> disguised as one of us. I'll see to it. He's got a jaw that, uh, I gotta tell you, probably has no sleep apnea. Look at this thing. Just out, forward. He's always breathing easy. It's true. This is definitely the street on which the intelligence scan of Spock and Pardek was taken. Who was the guy on Romulus who was like... I think I'm going to sew shoulder pads into this. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh. And then he's like, I think I'm going to make shoulder pads. And he probably became a uh, gajillionaire. Yeah. I mean, so, look, children for the running around with shoulder pads. Yeah. The architectural features. Where were they standing? I wonder if Data. the customer saw a working girl with Melanie Griffith. Well, was like, Android way. I'm going to make all the Romulans look like this. I am sorry, Captain. I will be more careful. Don't call me Captain. I understand, sir. I have found the place where they were standing. Don't speak English. Well, <laughs> it is here. At this doorway. 
he was standing like this. And then the other fellow was standing like this. But they also looked like this. And he starts moving really quickly to appear blurry. (laughs) Until we zoom in, then it would look like this. I would never take data anywhere. Not open for business yet. Nonetheless, I recommend we keep this location under observation. I have clearly determined Pardek's routine. On days when the Senate is not in session, he invariably comes to this section after median hour. Very well. The that's, median uh, hour. That's what it got to be. What noon? They're noon. I guess so. Sample the local cuisine, shall we? I really like. You happen to know what? That in the scene they have that this lady and all these people that all the Romulans it's basically just even even the the regular in the street people mistrust everybody expect the government to oppress you everything is an angle like even just at the even down to the most base level but also they totally talk like cops time the intercessor's office across the way opens why do you want to know I need his services he was recommended I haven't seen you here before we are here for the day from the city of Rotek. Rotek? I don't think so. Why do you say that? You don't sound like you're from Rotek. It is a misconception that all Rateks speak with a particular inflection. In fact, there are 12 different... We come from several <laughs> kilometers outside the city. Or perhaps you come from the security forces to watch the intercessor's office. Is he in trouble? You're mistaken, madam. Doesn't matter to me. I don't know when he opens. Oh, Eat your soup. Thrilled to get some information. Jolan True. Hey, Matt. Jolan True. Jolan True. Uh, some good extra acting happening right back here. Yeah. We're discussing how big he think a he would think a Romulan fish might be. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> a visual joke for only Andy. <laughs> I mean, it was this big. Pause your. Go ahead and pause at forty two forty eight and have a laugh. <laughs> Don't know if it's worth it, guys. It's not worth it. <laughs> I could have an alien if, if soup you, if, joke. You, if you took the time to do it, write it and tell us if it was worth it. <laughs> I'll put it on the Instagram. If somebody sends me a picture. You know, in two years, he's got to pretend to like the soup. This is a classic so Star Trek. Stay here too long. We may not have to. Direct your view to the far corner, sir. There's a guy pretending to show how big a fish is. The other corner. Is that not quite it? <laughs> I believe it is. Perhaps you should appear to enjoy your soup, sir. Is there salt somewhere? The soup gambit works, sir. Do not move. What? Nope, I guess it did. Hey, you made a mistake. Quiet, come with us. That's fucking, uh, what's his face? Who? Who played Jay Leno in The Late Shift. Is it really? Gotta be. I know that jaw anywhere. John, uh... What? Hey, you made a mistake. Quiet, come with us. It's not, I don't get to see. It's not. It's not showing. Is in the scene. Wait here. What for? 
What have you brought us here for? Welcome to Romulus, Captain Picard. Don't let our soldiers frighten you. We had to get you off the street as quickly as we could. Romulan security knows that you're here. I am Pardek. You are among friends, Captain. I have come on an urgent mission from the Federation. I'm looking for Ambassador Spock. Indeed. You have found him. Captain Picard. <gasps> oh. oh, little me. Really just lost his mind at that, ep- that part of the episode, Andy. It's pretty exciting. And he said Captain Picard. You heard Spock say Captain Picard. So it was crazy. everything you wanted. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. It's very exciting. It's pretty great. And excitement like this would not be reached again for a whole who knows. Andy, did you figure it out? Um, there's a bunch of No, no, here's what you do. You go to you go to his page. So you type oh, in the, go to the late show. That's smart. Click on Jay Leno. That guy's name is John. I have two percent in mine. I don't care. You're, you, I asked you if you wanted me to be the looker upper, and oh, you denied don't it. Don't give me this. Remember earlier Attitude. when I offered you the chance to play all the clips? 2016 couldn't be that one. 2005. No, no, it's gonna be 95, 96. The late shift. There you go. 96. All right, and it's the Jay Leno guy, yeah, Daniel Roebuck. Oh, Daniel Roebuck. Yep, click on him. Please tell me he was in a Star Trek. And this would have been like 91. Yeah, but the way they do things, it's probably under 87. How oh, could be? Uh, yep. Yes. That's it. Jerome. Yes. Good catch. I know from something big. Nice, Matt. The late shift. Oh. That was big. Nice work. That was big to me. Should we go on to the thing before I run out of juice? Yeah, if you can play any of the sound effects uh, while I you think can. I've, I think I just juice. ran out of well, it. It's the ABC. the ABC. Only Matt and Andy know what it's going to be. Will it be data? Riker? Troy or Dr. Crusher See the something something And we're on season five I've <laughs> only heard it a hundred times uh, I don't know why we would remember it Anyway, long story short uh, Andy, MVC on this episode Interesting episode Two very distinct A and B plots I mean it. We might Maybe maybe uh, uh, Worf He's the one who comes up with the He tells you about the What's going on on uh, Kronos. Although I guess <laughs> well, it doesn't really help. Yeah, they would have found like, it out anyway. Uh, my question, I guess, is more like... It's not Riker, because he puts the ship in danger by waiting. Uh-huh. <laughs> for as long as he waits, for no reason. Yeah. Um, it's not... It's not... Is it? Is it Data? Where are you going? What's happening to you? Why Data? Well, Data does all that research while standing up and staring at Picard. I guess. What do you even need that for? I don't know. To play the final credits. Ah, don't worry about it. You don't, you say that about every single thing about this podcast. I'm telling you not to worry. I understand. They, yeah, you don't think they'd rather have us try to do you're it You're telling me don't bother me you're with telling it. Me, you're not telling me that I shouldn't worry about I'm it. I'm telling you that you shouldn't worry about it. 
Because you don't want to be bothered with my even doing it. No, no. What I don't want to do is bend over to plug that in. That's I know. <laughs> but you always present these things as though they're for me. But, like, whatever. Uh, although nothing really, because it's a two-parter, nothing's really happening. Where what did do you, you mean? get this crazy cord What do you from? mean How nothing's... long is that thing? It's a regular Andy cord. A I just got a thing. It's, you use it to spin it, and it uh, rolls it up. Uh, this green thing that lights up, Andy, that's a that's a giant power thing. This is exciting. Andy's underneath the table, trying to charge it up so we can play the... I thought it'd be fun if we tried to sing the next thing and then tried to remember what that guy said. I guess, theoretically, I do have that information. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm abandoning. Always abandoning. It's unbelievable. Uh, okay, so who do you think? Who do you think of all of the people in this episode? I mean, what really happens? I mean, I guess they get the information out of the guy. It's Riker that decides to use Troy as his pawn. It's Troy who sort of charms him. Worf gives him information. Yeah, but there's no real solution ultimately to that. Right now, I think our biggest uh, is it the maybe, biggest risk. Maybe factor. it's Picard because he gets the information out of Sarek, which is the key oh, piece you know of what? information. You know what I'd like to do? What is maybe give it to Sarek? Sarek's he not. did give the information that led to this quest. He's not on the crew, Matt. Oh, yeah, he's not even on the ship in this one. Yep. But it's Mark Leonard. <laughs> and it was his last performance that. of Sarek. You can't do this. Oh, you're so mean to me. Uh, um, I'm going to give it to Picard. I guess. He's not even on the ship, though. I don't, it doesn't have to be on the ship. He's got to be on the crew. Mm, fine. But he is a Federation ambassador. I mean, it's him or it's it's Data, but, um, but Data what doesn't do What don't you do like about giving much. it to Data? He just doesn't do that much. He does stuff. He does, you know, he learns things. <laughs> I guess so. He figures out the, um, the, uh, what do you, uh, what's it called? The, um. Oh, what about Jordy uh, figuring out all the the clues about the thing? No, maybe it's Beverly Crusher for giving them that cool disguise that works <laughs> that for is, about forty two minutes. It is valid. Why don't we give part of it to her? Okay, and part of it to Picard. I'm going to give it to. Picard. There you go, everybody. <laughs> what, is, what is the sound that would play there? I think so. Oh, it's now it's it's the Andes That's or right. some other method, method of ranking. We're, We're working, working on it. it. <laughs> um, I'm giving this a nine. Oh, wow. I really like okay. this episode. I understand that it's the beginning of a two-parter, sure. but I think just the setup is great. The dis- them in disguise is great. The fact that you're leaning into Spock is so exciting. The scene with Sarek is so satisfying. Um, and all the stuff with the Klingon is great, and I like the comedy. I understand that you have some problems with it, and the B plot with the with the shipyard captain is great. That this is a great character. This is all around super solid writing and some weird directing. Yeah, uh, it's a fun episode. It's I love seeing Spock. You know, I I'm gonna be interested to watch part two. I haven't watched it in a long time. But I feel like I'm going to enjoy it. Hard to grade a part one, but I'm going to I'm going to grade it on the scale of other part ones. Uh huh. You know, where it's like a ten, obviously best of both worlds, part one. Yeah. As far as I guess, as far as cliffhangery. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to give it a nine as well. 
because you're like, well, oh, it's Spock. Yeah. He's finally going to talk. Yeah. But I do remember as a kid being very disappointed that he just showed up for the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is a distinction. Is like they're giving you your Borg payoffs through that whole episode of Best of Both Worlds. And then it just Yeah, but it's also like, how the further. fuck are they going to get out of this one? Right. And I'm sort of now, I'm like, what's Spock going to do? Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That's, that's that. Uh-huh. And now, Andy, it's time for us to take a journey yeah. to uh, next week's episode. Take a look. We'll get a little trailer action, I believe. Okay. Uh, let me head over to YouTube's and uh, figure it out. Oops. Uh, where, where are you going? Just want to watch it the trailer. Made so much noise. I know. I was. Un- it sounded like you were um, un- un- unfurling my my mic. Uh, so we're looking for unification part two, the trailer. Uh, Star Trek. This is hard, guys. When it's just, it's just. In the meantime, why don't I just give you the information about uh, where to send your emails and hails? Well, that's not how we do it. Uh, we're going to well, pretend to be that guy. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't you understand how this works? <laughs> Sorry, you have a plan. <laughs> uh, we're going to go trailer. It's going to be great. You're all going to be like, "Wow, I can't wait for next month." Uh. Perfect. Here we go. On the thrilling conclusion to Spock's return. Logic cannot explain why. I- I'd call it the beginning also, as well as the conclusion. Sure. only know that I must pursue this. Two generations struggle to end centuries of conflict. But secret forces plot to destroy their plans. Now, at the threshold of peace, one man sacrifices his life against a deadly threat. All of you will die. Shocking destiny on the next exciting episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. I gotta say, Leonard Nimoy looked the same for decades. Um, You think he didn't? No, I don't think he did, but I think he looked the same I'm not saying he looked the same a decade and a half I'm not saying he looked the same as you know when he was uh, you know originally Spock I think but I feel what like really after worked he in their advantage Spock. here was yeah. like you were this is like filmed right around when Star Trek 6 was filmed so it's like you just have this image of Spock in your head that's like the last time we've seen him and maybe you see him in this I feel and like even like remembering him from the from the Star Trek 2009 movies yeah yeah. Like similar. yeah and they grade up his Spock hair that's like 30 years it after. was very cool to see him again yeah Anyway, anyway, I guess we should give our shout-outs to our president, Sandy. Sure. Uh, and in order to do that, of course, we're going to have to head back in. This is a whole... This is like watching, um, you know, one of those uh, guys that has a bass drum on his back, cymbals on his knees, like a ukulele in his hand and a harmonica around his neck? This is what I feel like right now. <laughs> a one-man band? <laughs> oh, is that what you call those people? <laughs> I really couldn't think of it, so I just described him. <laughs> yeah, you really went to so much more effort than you needed to. <laughs> described where the instruments were, what they might do. <laughs> it never. I think what threw me is that there's a bass guitar also in his hand. That's an that's a, no a ukulele. Yeah, ukulele. It's a bass drum on his back. I see the bass drum is. Oh, oh, right, are at his right. knees. Yeah, right. There you go. Yes, he might occasionally have a am accordion. Symbols and accordion. Yeah. yeah. Um, if you're one of those guys, email the us. Chimney sweep and and Mary Poppins had one, even though he was a chimney sweep. It's very strange. <laughs> this 
podcast cannot continue. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll walk on through here, and uh, we can't hear the. Blizzard's still going, Andy. It really is. <sighs> I Guys, sleep, thank you for I, all your support. I sleep to this, by the way, a lot. Oh, I can see that. Oh, it's the best. Maybe, it's oh, like it's there's a storm raging outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to get nice and cozy. Yeah. So, this is a big thank you to the President's Circle members. Uh, you know, it's funny. Dory today said to me, I think we should put out one of our Patreon episodes in our regular feed so people know what the hell they're missing. Yeah. And I said, I've been talking about doing this for a long time on Trek, and I haven't done it. I wonder what would be the best one. I think it's just we should just throw Iron Man out there. Was that the best one? It was the first one. We should Ma- do meaning, the- what I'm saying about that regarding the first one, uh, it's sort of the foray into this, and all of those people have listened to that one, so we're not, like, taking anything away from our presidents. Right. And then we're just like, here, this is what we do over here. Do you want to hear us talk for two and a half hours? About a Marvel movie? Yeah. We talk about the movie for longer than the movie is. You're the captain, buddy. Whatever you want. I don't know. That's the thing. I'm asking you. We would. We would. We probably should record a little wraparound for us. Yes, absolutely. I would agree with that 100. percent So here we go. We're going to say thank you to the following President Circle members. If you want to become a President Circle member, get two extra podcasts every month. Sometimes the only podcast every month. Yeah. Uh, Just head on over to Patreon.com. Become a patron. Support the show support Andy and I in our never-ending quest to find a reason to do the podcast. Lieutenant's Level got another discovery. We're doing two episodes this month. We're covering two episodes of Discovery, of discovery. in one yes. episode I apologize. of yes. TNC. But that's a lot of material. And then uh, That's and two then hours long. Doing, Look, yeah, what man. I'm telling you is like there's like at least four hours of material every month Correct. coming out over there. Head on over. Join it up. These are the presidents. These are the people we say thank you to uh, because we wouldn't be able to do it without you. Uh, first up, a werewolf with a Chinese menu in his hand. Did we ever get an explanation for what that is? Doesn't matter. I enjoy it very much. I'd be curious. Uh, Lieutenant Adam Rogers, who uh, became a uh, Pike Award winner today. Just by just by sending a message over to us. Yeah. Uh, Adam's an E. Uh, Adrian Carter. Uh, Elena. Alan L. Alex Gesslin. Alexis Boussier. Amanda Bootwell. Amber Amber Schmidt. Amy Giles. Anders Peterson. Andrew Barber. Lieutenant Andrew Gibson. Andrew Ingram. Andrew Moberg. Andrew Polkrang. Andrew Prime. Andrew Witzel. Angel <laughs> Rivera the third. Uh, I'm surprised at how many Andrews we have. That's amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, and Gibson. And I'm also an Andrew. That's there. maybe that's what draws them. Whoa. Anthony Rideout. I really didn't put that together. <laughs> uh, Armin twenty four. Barry Wallace. Ben Badnock. Lieutenant Ben E. Hill. Uh, ben McClarty. Ben Roach. Beth Harrington. Brandon Davis. Brandon Callinger. Brent Allard. Brett Jarrett. Brett Euler. Brett Parsons. Brian Hellman. Brian McDonald. Brian Stokes. Brian Tier. Thank you, Brock Kloster. Thank you, Brian Rewinkle. C.D. C.C. Slater. Caitlin M. Caitlin M. Uh, Cameron Harris. Captain Andrew. Lieutenant Captain Andrew Hook. <laughs> You're never going to beat me. Uh, Carmen DeHoog. Carolyn Land. Uh, Karen Lance. Lieutenant Catface. <laughs> Chris Allen. 
Chris Casimiro. Uh, Chris DQ. Chris Dybel. Chris Leopold. Lieutenant Chris Love. Chris Nedwitz. Christina Peck. Christopher Colbert. Christopher P. Gill. Chuck Day. Lieutenant Claire Powells. Cody Whoopenkamp. I like that. Colin name. McKeon. Command Master Chief Sergeant. Well, no Sergeant. Command Master Chief Robert Garrison. Connor Shapiro. Uh, Cosmo Moore. CPO Ernesto Costonia. Uh, Doc Pate. Lieutenant Dan Billing. Uh, Dan Kostelik. Lieutenant Dan McLeod. I'm lucking up by getting all the phonetically spelled ones, Andrew. I'm sorry. Uh, Dan Stoko. Daniel Perez. Darren Dishon. Daniel Stenrud. He skipped oh, one. I skipped one. Daryl the Animal Noise. David Corbett. Uh, David Marquez. Derek Atkinson. Derek Westover. DeWanda Raccoon. Oh, Diane and Martin, thanks so much. Thank you, Doug Atkinson. Doug My, Dr. Boner's Wizard. <laughs> Drew Parkinson, Dude Never. Tim, Elizabeth Simpson, Emily Eldred, Eric B., Eric Griffiths, Erica Vanover, Eric Mon, Eric N., Fred Coppersmith, Frederick Rombouts, Frederick Roa, Gareth Case, Gary Martinez, Jeff Gannon, Gary Canavan, Glenn Wakeley, Greenberg Bernard Greenberg. <laughs> I think that's like a James Bond reference. I believe so. Yeah. Nelson Hooten, Waddle, Hubert, or, yeah, I'm sorry, Hubert, Uridia. I am, I'm the Prime Minister, Andy. Oh my God, oh. they got around it. <laughs> Ian Buckley, J.D. Cohen, Lieutenant Jack Cavici, James Baker, Jan Lippert, Jason Sinclair, and Jeff Jenkins. Jeff Kelso, Jeff Mills, Jeff Morris. Jeff, Jennifer Leader, Jesse uh, Elliott. I think that's Jeff Millies. Now, back to what we were saying about Jennifer Leader. Go on, Or Jennifer Letter, Jesse Elliott, Jesse Glasby, Jesse Hendricks, Jesse Tashinsky. Hey, Jesse. Sorry about your sunburn, bud. Yeah. He's posted on Instagram. He had pretty narrowly sunburn. Oh, sunburn. really? Yeah. Is that a friend of yours? Yeah. yeah. There you go. Lieutenant Jessica McNally. Do your friends support this podcast? No. Oh, interesting. Not even the ones that are big fans of the other. The, I know the main thing. Um, Jet Jurgens, Jillian Randalls, Joe Fermanek, Joe Moore, Joe Sullivan, uh, Joel Q, John Lynn, John Turin, John Sourshell, Jonathan Wentz, Joseph Moran. Oh Why did I mess that up? He literally Moran. Josh Jush Monroe, Joshua Kine, Kinney, Kinney. Joyce Hudson. Julie, Julie Phillips. Katie Campbell. Kamul. I'm sorry. What am I doing? Come on. Abdul Hosen. Karen Van Huff. Cassia. Catherine. Catherine Novacek. Catherine Shimmons. Cave Art on Facebook. Uh, and Instagram. And That's Instagram. with an E. Cave. K-A-V-E. Art. Kelly Coe. Kelly Newman. Kendra Song. Kevin of Nine. Matt. Kim Vilsack. Kip. Lieutenant Kip Corbett. Oh, wow. Cody Stanley, Kristen Scalisi, of course, the goddess of carbs, Christopher Fanagi, Kyle Robertson, Kyle Thompson, Lieutenant Junior Grade, Andrew Redshirt. Ooh, he love devoted it. himself. I love it. Um, Lieutenant Dilbeck, Lieutenant Linda Dilbeck, yeah. uh, Lieutenant Linnea Thunsel, uh-huh. Lizzie D, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Commander, Commander Josh Bald. He changed his own name I to make sure it. that we didn't miss it. Luke Cummins, Luke Morgan Rowe, Lynn Perdue, M.M. Malik, Meta, fake name, Marcello Vita. Marcus Erlinson, Marie Capasso, Lieutenant Mark Mitchell, Mark Pomprowitz. Yeah. Martin Hedegar Peterson, Matthew Wipert, Matt Mangus, Matt Schaefer, Matthew Coulter. I'm sorry, Matthew Cutler, Matthew Dillon, 
of course, the Matthew Dillon. We really uh, picked a threatening environment to read all these names. Well, it's cold, and I just hope they're all enjoying themselves. Matthew L. Went, Matthew Tiberius Burns, Matt Tween, Merrick Boosfield, Michael Howe, Mike Gaylord, Mike Jones, Mike Lieutenant Commander Mike there Mann, you go. Miriam Centeno, Mr. Bundy, Nate Hudson. Nate Richardson, Nathan Haney, Neil Studd, Nick, Nick Frost, Nicholas Jones, Nicholas Payne, Paul Brisk. Lieutenant Commander Paul Brisk. He said his name is Nate Richmond. Uh, Paul Carl, uh, Paul Sharp, Peter Shern, Lieutenant Preston Foster. Some of these names are new, and we welcome you and thank you. Professor X. Ha-ha-ha. Yeah. <laughs> he spelled it E-C-A-K-S. I like it because that's uh, creative and probably his name is somehow also X. Anyway, Rachel Dylan Snyder, Raymond, Rebecca Shavita. Richard Davis, uh, Risa Kochuk. Or uh, Risa. Risa Kochuk. I'm going with Risa. Risa from Risa. Risa. Rob uh, Baptiste. Uh, Rob Saban, Robert Denton, Robert Olson, Robin Larson, Ron LeBlanc. Ross McLeod, Ryan Sistick, Ryan Solo, Samuel Rebusel. Sandra M., Sean, Sean Glass, Sean Russell, Sir Reginald Pennybottom, Sky Wilson, Shriekenar. Stephen Herman, Stephen Price, Stephen Cotter, Stephen Small, Stevie Marie Nickel. Stuart Allen, stop, wait, hold on a second. I think I just sharded. Uh, thank you for joining us, Ted Marth. The Blast from Our Past podcast, The Kembles, Thomas Nettleton, Thomas T. Rikerson. I love it. Tom Collins, Tom Siebel. Tim Collins. What? Why did I say Tom Collins? Because it's a delicious drink. Sure. Tim Collins, Tim Siebel, Timothy Cullen. Tina Rowdio, Tom Casey, Tom Kelso. Tom Wilson. Do you think that's Tom Yes, Wilson? I do. I think he loves us. Tony King, Tony, Tony Lynn, Troy Ray, Lieutenant Tucker Powers. Uh, Turkleton, Tyler Ferris, Tyler Rosewood, Tyson Klein, Vanilla Thunder, Vincent Neary. Lieutenant Will Holsclaw, Wh- Lieutenant William Ten- Temin. Temin. Amanda, Amanda Morris Benson. Big guy, 17. Hang on. Is that I Carol? Look, 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 look. Amanda Morris Benson and Big Guy Seventeen. You guys are not yet at the president's tier. I'm just reading a spreadsheet like a maniac. Congratulations on your accidental free shout out. Oh wow! I hope that encourages you to bump on up and perhaps earn a medal of valor. He's handing them away today. You know, I just felt. Why not? Yeah. I hope you enjoy the Ant Man podcast. Oh, you're not. You two aren't going to get it. Uh, do you want to do the music and I'll read the information? Uh, the music would be the end theme to Star Trek 2, right? Yeah. Uh, let me just uh, see if I can pull that up. It's going to put on an extra scarf in the meantime. Yeah, well, we're out of there. Do they have scarves in the future? I don't know. If you would like to send Andy and Matt... Uh, an email, a hail, or a call. I don't know. He's much better at it. Um, uh, please uh, follow us on social media on Instagram or Twitter at Star Trek TNC. Uh, you can email us at sttncpod at gmail.com. If you want to mail something, uh, send it to Andrew Secunda, P.O. Box 46898, Los Angeles, California, 90046. Uh, if you want to call us, the voice hail is 816 Trek. TNC. Uh, please visit our face group. This isn't usually there. It's um, our Facebook group. Uh, just find it on Facebook. Star Trek Next Conversation. And I think that's it. Did I leave anything out? I 
Was that the recording? Because it sounded the same. Andy, you did a great job. Thank you, Matthew. You're welcome. I also feel like, did I pick the right part of the score at all? No, I haven't. My co-host. Is this the right score? I don't know, but I love it. What a great movie. Yeah, I agree with that. One of the greatest movies of all time. I mean, it's like, it's pretty much this and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. (laughs) Strange. It's (laughs) <laughs> Those are two are neck and neck. <laughs> He's so definitive, I'm not going to uh, argue with him. You know, it's just fun to be back, Andy. It is, man. I hope it's not so long before the next one, but i got to be honest with you. Both our schedules suck at making podcasts happen. But the Patreon seems to be ensuring that it will be at least once in one a month. You're welcome. The final frontier. Oh, yeah, I forgot he does it at the end of this. These are the continuing voyages oh, yeah. of the Starship. Enterprise. Enterprise. Your ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone.